Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode number 149 here on Monday, October the 7th, 2019. I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. Quinn, welcome to episode number 149. How did he... 149! There, there it is. <laughs> there you go. Everyone got it. Hey, I, the thing is, the fans would have been so disappointed if you didn't well, do it's that. An, you, you can... Get a soundbite of that, and you can just only that. That's it. I'll just I'll say it one more time so you get a clean soundbite, everyone. Okay, here we go. One foot in and... There you go. Uh, folks, uh, we do more than just yell random numbers here on OVP. If you're uh, new to the show, we romp you through the world of retro wrestling, and we have some topics in store for you. We'll be reviewing something later on, but before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, you should, because there's even if you don't listen to the show often, but you're catching this one. Mm-hmm. Follow us on the Twitter because you get random video clips of the old wrestling. Extra features? Yeah, um, exactly. It's, it's the DVD of the internet. There you go. It's the DVD uh, extra features of our show the here, DVD right? The DVD menu that just keeps coming. Yeah, that, with like, the same like three sound uh, bites repeated over and over endless, again. Endless scroll. Yeah, exactly. So go to our endless scroll on Twitter. It's at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And Quinn, another thing we have on the internet it's a place where you can talk to me and you and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics we conglomerate we get together we do lunch it's over on facebook yep facebook.com slash uh business it's a <laughs> site that uh has our business yeah. our vantage point business yes that's right our vantage um, point for business for business it's the microsoft excel of <laughs> facebook groups but it's a good site and uh over there you can see all the gifts Word documents you're looking for. Yeah, um, you can vote on things. And we vo- have things to vote on. There's voting. Um, there's voting. There's, there's elections. There's elections. Um, there's a board of governors. Yeah, vote for our new treasurer, actually, yeah. coming up soon. I don't no. know who's going to win this one. Chuck Mess, I think. Who's the mayor right now? No, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Richard Land? Did maybe. he win it? Yeah, maybe he's the mayor. He might be. Who won the election this yeah. year. <laughs> so, anyway, over there, you, you can find it at uh, a lovely site that doesn't have a slash at the end called Facebook.com. And there's a search bar on there. Type in there, our vantage point, Dash Retro Wrestling Podcast. Kaflui. Yes, Kaflui. Isn't there like a t-shirt of that coming up or something? There might be a t-shirt coming out thanks to our friend Mean Mike Crockett for a design on that one. Right, but okay, so you go there, yes. uh, the operators get your Kaflui and you're in. Yeah, and you come in and you just join the group and you talk about the old wrestling with us and we try to be nice to each other. We don't try to tear each other down. Personal attacks, any of that is uh, somewhat frowned upon. Yep. But you can talk about any of the old wrestling you want to and you know what? Even some new stuff if you wish. Go to our Facebook group. Also, uh, Quinn alluded to some t-shirts. We got a new one out. It's uh, over at teespring.com slash OVP podcast. It's T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. In addition to our logo shirts and the Is This About Doink shirt, we have the brand new red and yellow shirt, the Who Cares shirt edition. Because that's, that's right. what Gorilla thought of Hogan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we made a shirt about it. We made a shirt about it. So you too can support the uh, signature OVP. Who cares? <laughs> 
in the comfort of your very own home. When are we going to get the gorilla, like, New York Knicks, like, <laughs> shirt? <laughs> and, and hat. Yeah. <laughs> and the hat that he wore. But check out uh, teespring.com. That's T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. And later on, we'll talk about our Patreon. We have some great features over there. But, Quinn, uh, we've been counting down to 150 episodes, three years of OVP. Uh, next week, it'll be. And uh, in accordance with that, we've kind of done a thank you to the fans where we've taken your suggestions. We put them all into like a big uh, tumbler here and we pull out the calculator, uh, or something. Yeah. put it on a wheel, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and it's turned into a game show that's actually called Wheel You Stop, where the lucky winner gets his or her suggestion talked about on the show. Why don't we go right now to Wheel You Stop? And as always here on Will You Stop, we've had some fabulous cash prizes. Hopefully people have redeemed their uh, their vouchers for the free uh, salad bar that we were talking oh, about right. as well. right. I forgot about the salad there bar. There is a salad bar. There's See? also funny things that go on. Oh, the comedian. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there he is. A, yeah. Hilarious. But uh, what we've done is we've taken one suggestion per person. Uh, we got a lot of entries here. We only have two more. So next week, this is it for Will You Stop It. We are thankful for you guys being with us for uh, three years or however long you've been with OVP. Or 149 years. Obviously. 149 years, too. It's yeah. Very appropriate. But you got to remember these this time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You want to give the wheel a spin, Quinn, and yeah. uh, we'll see, find out what yeah. we got? Ah! Okay, it's spinning here. How, how does it... How does it spin? How so does good? it even work I this way? Like, what are wheels? <laughs> I don't, I don't even... know. They invented a while ago. And the winner is Rob Sanchez. Okay. Oh, okay. Mr. Sanchez. Yeah. There he is. Let's see what he has to say. I'd like your opinion or take on Jimmy Superfly Snooker not winning the Intercontinental title from Don Morocco. This feud is the one that brought us the iconic steel cage Superfly Splash, but it came after Morocco retained his title. And he says we can talk about what would have happened or what do we think of this whole thing. Okay. Thank you, Rob, first of all, for that. That's a nice uh, vintage 83 question right there, Quinn. We're we're experts, generally. Just to set the stage for you guys out there that might not be as familiar, what he's referring to is the big October 17th, 83 MSG show, I believe. Just October. October's good yeah. enough. This is Gorilla Monsoon at ringside with my good friend and associate, Pat Patterson. Gorilla Monsoon was on the call, and this is the one that Mick Foley and I believe some other wrestlers were in attendance for. A lot of people were influenced by this action yes. taken by the Superfly here. Yep, and the action was uh, the Intercontinental Champion Don Morocco was defending his title in a steel cage match, which was a hot match at the time. It was a real feud ender against Jimmy Snuka. And after Morocco retained, like barely by the skin of his teeth, Jimmy Snuka ascended all the way to the top of the cage. And this is in the days before PWG. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore yeah. wrestling, EC Dove. Right, that yeah. Didn't exist. New Jack. Yeah. Vic Grimes. Anyway. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not. Uh, and Jimmy Snuka did the Superfly Splash, which on its own in 82-83 was a spectacular finish. Yeah, I mean, if you did that off the top rope, like normal, like it's, we, we know, like right, you right. see on these 82s the year before, uh, nobody was, gets up from that. It thing. was a killer, like much yeah. like Jimmy Snuka himself. Oh come on! So he does the uh, the move all the way from the top of the cage to Don Morocco, and yeah, it hits. Yeah. Now there's a little bit more to this too. I think. Yeah. I, go ahead. Sets the stage is that Jimmy Snuka's bloodied. Oh yeah. Uh, good like point. Don Morocco's all fucked up. Hell of a hell of a battle. Is Don Morocco bleeding too? I think they're both bleeding. I want to say that he is. I don't remember off. Either way, he he. It's just this like iconic shot. The camera kind of zooms in on him almost perched like just there, like yep. perched up there and gorilla perch 15 feet high you know yeah. the whole thing it's great he's oh climbing to the top of the steel cage i don't believe it superfly perch 15 feet high oh my god he's bleeding 
bleeding and it's like oh man and it's like he's gonna really like this is it like Don Morocco like maybe he retained but I don't think he's gonna live like, <laughs> right and, exactly like he might not like be able to ever wrestle again right and he jumps on him and he hits it and that's beautiful. that flash bulbs going off and yeah and in the murky, smoky, sweaty, stinky early '80s MSG, it just looks awesome. Like it looks really grit, good. The yeah, grit the, of the real grit of it. It you can see why like hardcore wrestling specifically was very inspired by it just because of the whole atmosphere and everything. Absolutely, like, and it inspired a uh, one Mick Foley who was there in attendance for that show. Right, came down from Cortland University, I believe it was, up in upstate New York. Now, the thing that we mentioned at the top here, and that Rob mentioned in his question, Quinn. Snuka didn't win the IC title. I'm going to say, I think that's the right thing, truthfully. okay. What are you thinking? So, as we've seen on this uh, wonderful program called Championship Wrestling every week. Yeah, um, we started watching in January of 82 and we're up to January of 83. Nothing much happens with the big faces, generally, once they win their belts. On the weekly Cindy's, no. Some guy will come in every month and... Nothing major happens until they're like actually like going to lose it or something. Right. Like, yeah. The common pattern is similar to the world title pattern, which is you have a feud that you stretch over a few house shows. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the the challenger or the heel will win via DQ. Right. And then they'll have a rematch. Maybe there'll be a lumberjack match or in a cage match in this case. Yeah. And you repeat until you have a new champion, like you said. Right. And I don't think like a lot of like controversy and storylines kind of work their way in until 84, 85, 86. I know? think that's, yeah, 84. And I don't know that it really would have done much for Snooka. I mean, case in point, he's famous enough without having won it. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I think the big point is that he did all this like famous stuff after he'd already lost. Correct. Like so, there's like so I think it's fine. So like he already like he kind of won in ultimately because he he kind of won the feud even though he lost the match. Right, and it's a classic example of someone getting over by losing. Right. And the loser, Don Morocco, or the winner, Don Morocco, didn't look like a loser. He still won the title and he could still go on TV and say, you know, I won the title. You didn't win. Yeah, but he looked like a big loser. But he looked like he uh, could have lost. Yeah. Which is important to the vulnerability of a heel champion, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what you would have done with Morocco, um, excuse me, Snuka as the IC champion anyway. I don't know either. In all truthfulness. Because honestly, I, I really think what would have happened... Monster of the Month would have come after him for his Intercontinental title for a couple months, and he would have been like, okay. And it would have yeah. like taken the luster off, and then he gets to Roddy Piper like later on. In the summer, I think that I think is, that's right? that's the big feud. That's the big feud, and that didn't need to be for a title. No, and Clearly. I mean, what's going to happen there? Is Roddy Piper going to win the Intercontinental title right. or something? Like, yeah. It, which he would eventually, but many <laughs> years later. Years later. Yeah. And we're talking, especially with Snook and Piper, two guys that... Uh, never... Well, Piper won the IC briefly, but never had won a title in the 80s or anything like that, where where they were really hot and on top of the, the business almost, uh, you know, as on top you can be with Hogan there, and still fondly remembered. I honestly think Snooka, Piper, Jake the Snake, Another people one, like yeah. that, like those were people that never needed belts ever. No, and that's like, a real thing. They were already like considered like kind of unbeatable people. Right. Okay. And, and a lot of times people don't need belts as much as uh, the promotion needs a champion. Right. The, sometimes wrestlers don't, you know, need belts to be fondly remembered or to be over or to be popular. Yeah. The way I always looked at it with people like that, like Snuka and stuff, it was that they could take the world title if they wanted, but they were too busy with other things. Storyline wise, like, you mean, like, right? Like kayfabe wise. Yeah. Like yeah. theoretically, like I know that they they hyped Hogan like he was the greatest thing ever. Of course. But he's a champion. At the same time, personally, to me, it was always like, well. 
you know, Roddy Piper, if if he you know, really focused on it, really right? Focused, or, 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 or Jimmy, the Superfly, or Jake. like, yeah, like these guys, they could any given Sunday beat Hulk Hogan. Right. But, right. They, but they, they've got other things to worry about. Right. Like, you know the, what I mean? Fair way to look at it. Uh, and the other thing, too, if Snooka wins, do we ever get the awesome uh, Morocco Santana? Don't sleep on Tito, who was great in 84. And that feud segued into the Santana Valentine feud, which is really good, which brought right. it back to Savage in '86. So, I mean, I don't think Snooka. Sometimes you don't win the title, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> sorry. One thing that always comes out of this to me Go is ahead. that: um, Do you feel that so many people wanted this, like this Snooka thing? Do you think it took, I don't know, the the luster or whatever off Jimmy Superfly Snooka? Like, no. Do you think it like made him? No not a big deal anymore because then the next big face came along shortly afterwards no i don't quinn i think uh the piper feud proved that because when you have a guy that came in in early 82 and was a heel and they built the sympathy on him the way they did with the buddy rogers lou albano thing right Mm -hmm. and then you have him go all the way up to challenging for the ic title he loses it but then a guy like roddy piper is able to feud with him and keep him over snooka you like that really that feud did a lot for snooka that wasn't just piper yeah, I think uh, the luster was just fine. I mean, Snooka was older already. Let's keep in mind he was already in his that's true climbing up towards forty. I think by then. Yeah, but I mean, usually that's kind of the prime of a wrestler. Is not like the, forty. The, no, I mean the late thirties. Like you said, climbing up to, to me, Tail like 30, end of the but prime, between thirty five and forty is like kind of like where they make all their money. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the, the most part, yeah, that, that's where the big shit that, happens back then. Anyway, yeah. yeah. The point being is that he was not a young up-and-comer. Right. Right. He had wrestled for a long time, and his place on the card, if he hadn't you know, left in 85, was probably going to be somewhere on that mid-upper-mid card. I don't think he was ever destined to be a main eventer. He couldn't talk. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. The brother. Then again, Bob Backman couldn't talk, but... <laughs> Different time, though. I mean, we're yeah. talking Vince McMahon Jr.'s you know, World Wrestling Federation, where right. everyone could talk that was on top, right? If they're that's not, true. they had a manager that could do it. I mean, that's why people probably thought Roddy Piper should have been the world champion at right. some point, right? Yeah, but I think the, the whole idea of should he have won is a good question, because logically, you'd think, especially in today's day and age where everyone has an opinion, oh, they're, they deserve better than that. You know what? Jimmy Snooker made a lot of money doing that. Not every wrestler cares about how they're booked, you know. Yeah, maybe na- Bret Hart, but I think nowadays, <laughs> not everyone does. I think one part of that question is also like that nowadays perspective that people yeah. need belts to matter or something. The company when, needs the belt to matter. When we have discussions like this, I really actually wonder if the perspective of a lot of people even to this day about, you know, this guy or that guy, why is he not the world champion? Vince is stupid. Oh, look how over yeah. he is. It's like... Well, sometimes when a guy is just so over, like, why do they need, why a, belt? Do they need a championship belt? Yeah, like, sometimes you, know you I mean? don't. Yeah, sometimes you just don't need that. And I know this sounds weird, but a lot of wrestlers back then, I'm wagering, probably all of them, they knew this isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they lose a wrestling match, again, there's specific people that cared a lot about that, Bret Hart as being one of them. Other guys, too. But they knew it wasn't real. It was all about, like, not dying in the ring. Yeah. Making your next town. Making a lot of money. Making a lot of money. I don't care if I have a belt as long as I'm making a lot of money. That's kind of what it came down to is I believe it was Gorilla Monsoon that said if you're in this business for anything other than money, you're a fool. Right. You know, like, yeah, it's still it's your job. Yeah. Which sounds weird (laughs) coming from Gorilla because he was. He was uh, so uh, invested in, in it. In kayfabe, he was always like, oh, yeah. ah, greatest athlete in the but, world. You have to be after the world title. Right, right. Like, but you don't think Gorilla Monsoon knew the deal? And yeah. he's one of the most respected guys in the right, business. Exactly. You know? Not to say that you don't have integrity and you don't care about you know how you come across or whatever, but shit, him not winning the title was probably right because it 
kept Snuka really hot by doing mm-hmm. that move and an iconic move yeah. that inspired Mick Foley and Tommy Dreamer. I want to say somebody else was there. And I'm sure people after that, too, um, you know, just the common fan living back then was like, well, if he couldn't get the Intercontinental title and he sneaked his way out or whatever the fuck, then, yeah. you know, Jimmy Snuka definitely deserves the world title. Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so it yeah. makes him magnified yeah. in a weird way. And it keeps the heat on Morocco because you're like, oh, shit, this guy escaped this somehow. Right. And it helps build for Morocco's eventual loss to Tito Santana. Yeah, it's true. I think I, it's fine. I, I get I, the question. I, yeah, I get the question, too. I just, I don't think it's, um, it's some kind of, like, travesty. To like no. professional wrestling, like Jimmy the Superfly, like Didn't, was like yeah. ruined after this or something. Because well, again, how would it have helped Snooka more to have the title? I really don't know. I'm honestly asking. If you have an answer out there, let me know. But what what would it have really done for Jimmy Snooka that didn't already happen for him yeah. throughout the rest of '83? He already was world title levels going yeah. into the match. He was like he was almost above the Intercontinental title between let's see what October of '83. Hogan wasn't there yet, but he he would be soon. But before Hogan, I mean, who's the big stars on the day three? Backlund, and who was on his way down anyway? People were getting sick of him. Jimmy Superfly, Don Morocco. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Big John Stuff I mean, was that, still there, Big right? John Stuff. Snook is really close to the top of that heap, though. Right. <laughs> Already. And I always say this. I think, I think the one thing you have to... I always, like, hang my hat on this weird thing because it always... What kind of hat? A Superfly hat, I guess. Oh, I don't cap? Know. Like an adjustable cap? Or the headband thing. Hang your headband on it. But... Um, I always think the reaction you get for uh, Snuka at WrestleMania 1 is kind of the proof of, like, how, like, still at that point, he was still, like, considered just, like, one of the top people. Because he comes out with Hulk Hogan, and that is, like, a big deal right. to the Garden crowd. Absolutely like, is. That's they're, like, they're like, whoa, Jimmy Snuka's with him? Oh, yep. man, Hulk Hogan must be number one, you know? Right, like, exactly. He's endorsed by Jimmy Snuka. Right, right, exactly. And another thing, I think, speaking to Snuka's legacy here before we wrap it up is... You ask a lot of people that maybe don't watch wrestling now, or and then I'll come across people a lot in casual life, you know, that watched in the late seventies, early eighties, pre Hogan, right, uh, in the Northeast, and they'll one of the guys they'll inevitably bring up along with Ivan Putsky and stuff mm-hmm. like that is Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Everyone knew Snuka back then. With um, the I love you and the yeah, the you splash. know, you know what's really weird actually when we're talking about this is that I personally always feel that. Like you said, those fans from the pre-Hulkamania era. Pre-Hulk, yeah. They always look at um, Hulk like he stole something from Jimmy Snuka. Like, <laughs> right, right. No, no, Jimmy Snuka was way more popular than Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan, like, Hulk Hogan came in. And yeah. Jimmy Snuka was already the top guy. And, right. Like, he was the big superhero. And, like, people just cannot get over that. Can't wrap their minds around yeah, that, like, right? why did Hulk Hogan win the belt <laughs> right, and not right. Jimmy Snuka? Why right. did he beat Iron Sheik? And they never mentioned Bob Backlund, if you notice. Right, yeah. <laughs> no one ever, like, well, because they're talking like after the fact. Because <laughs> yeah. I do think for the fans of that time period, the the face that was going to take it after Backlund was probably always in their mind. Oh, as, yes. As, as Backlund yes. descended into nothing. <laughs> into a like, singlet. I'm sure amongst the fan base of, you know, late 83... Right. People were discussing, you know, wrestling fans who were really into it, either if either they were high schoolers or middle schoolers, or I'm sure there was discussions at their lunch table about, oh yeah, well, who should who who should who, be the champion? Who's the best guy? Yeah, and I, and I can I bet you a lot of times Jimmy Snuka would come up because it's like they they promoted him as like well. The only other big face is Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Absolutely. He yeah. was. He was one of the top faces there. So great question, Rob. Honestly, a fair question. It makes total sense. 
but I'm going to stick with the original booking on this one. I don't think it hurts Snuka I, at all. I agree with you. Yeah. And I don't know that, uh, other than adding it to his resume, I don't know that him winning it would have done anything else for Snuka. Yeah. Other than just saying, oh, former Intercontinental Champion. You know, right. that's all. Yeah, why think- would it just added in 89 when he didn't matter anymore? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, former Champion! Yeah, champion. that's all it would have done. That's all it would have done. So You can insert that. It Like, you can literally take the soundbite of Gorilla saying former Intercontinental Champion, insert it into all your Jimmy Snuka matches in 1989. Yep. And there, there you go. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you, uh, Rob, for that one. And thank you guys for submitting your topics for suggestion. One more of these will be coming up next week. But right after this break, when we are going to nail down the final 10, top 10 finishers in wrestling of all time. It's the final Royal Rankings of the season, and that is coming up right after this. Mr. Morocco, you will feel the explosion as you clash with Superfly Jimmy Snuka. When you just get a little taste when it just touches the tip of your tongue, when you just reach out, reach out, and you got it by the head, you know then that everything else is behind you. We have, Superfly, you and I have reached the zenith. We are the Big Apple. We are New York. We are Madison Square Garden. As much as the people love you, uh, they love to hate me. Because when I'm bad, I'm so good. I'm glad I said those things. I I never said nothing. I'm glad. I'm glad you dove over the top rope. Tried to drive me through the concrete. We just put our foot on it. From Marley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is Monday, October the 7th, and it is episode number 149. 149! Thank you, Quinn. Uh, as we mentioned, we're going to be doing the final top ten. It's going to be finalized in a second here of the rankings, the royal rankings of finishers. But before we get to that, we do have a Patreon. We want you to check it out. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, over there, Quinn, it's very simple, and it's very cheap. Two, three, five bucks. That's it. Yeah. Between two to five bucks, you got all this kinds of stuff here. A let's, lot of stuff for five dollars. Let's roll through it here. What you're going to get on the two dollar tier is weekly video of Quinn and I making every single Monday show. You get stuff recorded before the show starts and after and in between. Get to see any mistakes we might make. If we ever make get to any. see expert discussion like this yeah. week. Bonus discussion about uh, the internet and things like yeah, that. And the internet. Tech specs. Tech specs. And <laughs> just other. Sometimes just we even talk things. about wrestling. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Extra wrestling discussion. Uh, check it out. So the raw video, the raw dump on the $2 tier every single Monday. It also comes with the uh, back archive of the Rushmore and Death Valley extras yep. and the OVP commentary. So you get a lot of stuff just for 2 bucks. $2 tier extra dumpy. $2 tier extra dumpy. Uh, if you add one more dollar to that, you're not only going to get all the stuff we just mentioned, but every other Friday, you're going to get what we just were talking about, just alluded to, the 1983 live video reviews. It's where Quinn and I sit here every other Friday, and we watch, in order, WWF Championship Wrestling from 1983. Yes, it's uh, it's really great, actually. It's, it's one of such my, a fun time. It's one of my favorite things to do, just because it's it's very, like, it's a casual, just... I guess they call it in the business watch along. It's a watch along. I don't know who started that. Because we were doing it before that term was started to become 
from like the the what they call them. You know what <laughs> I'm true, saying? Guess, like, yes. It's only in like the last year I've started to see that term. The live watch along. Yeah. Watch along. But we have been watching it along with you yeah. guys. Uh, and all of the 1982s are done. And one thing, if maybe you haven't checked out the Patreon yet, free ones, free rewinds are up on our YouTube channel. There's about 15 of them, right? Yes. Now. So there's a lot. Yeah, and that goes up to about June-ish, I think, of Yeah, June or July. So yep. there's a lot of 82 already available for free if you want to watch along yeah, with us. Yeah, you want to sample it yeah. or whatever, right? So uh, check that out. That's in the $3 tier. Then all you got to do, $5. Now, that's a month. That's not a week, okay? So that's not like $20 a month, okay? It's not $5 a day. $5 for the entire month. If you can spare the cake, you can plug it into our Patreon, and you're going to get all the raw footage that we mentioned, the back archives, so the Rushmores, all that stuff. You're going to get the 1983 watch-alongs. And this very popular content, honestly, I'm not even being funny, monthly pay-per-view reviews that we do, Quinn. Yep. These are full shows that are very long. Two um, to three and a half hours. You really get your money's four. worth on this one because it, it, <laughs> you want to listen to something that might take you a month to listen to yep. because we got it. We got it. Uh, WrestleMania 4 came out for September. That was the longest review we've done to date. In two fact, parts. It was in two yeah. parts, yes. Tapes. You two mean. tapes, just yeah. like the uh, actual Coliseum video of WrestleMania 4. Now, for October coming out soon is going to be WrestleFest 88, which is uh, not a pay-per-view, but we're doing it anyway for completion. It's sake. shorter. And it's shorter. Yeah, yeah. A little easier on the ears. <laughs> yes. And next month for November will be SummerSlam, followed, of course, by Survivor Series 88, and so on and so forth. That's a full audio review the same way we do our podcasts. Oh, one more thing I want to mention, because maybe you don't have the time to sit and watch video. The 82s and 83s, those are also released in audio form. You get that audio with it. Like, yeah. it's included. It's like, included. You don't have to pay in. anything extra for that. Yeah, so maybe some people don't have the time to sit and watch yep. YouTube videos. Some people want to just listen. You can and, listen and to it. And it's even convenient, too, because you get your own um, like podcast feed that you can plug in your podcatcher. So right. it, it gets delivered to you just like this show. Every just week. like uh, the morning paper used right. to. <laughs> so that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Won't you check it out, please? And see if you find something you like. All right, we're doing the Royal Rankings. If you're newer to the show, what we have uh, talked about with the Royal Rankings uh, since we started doing this segment is we take suggestions from you, the fans. And we're doing that now, by the way. Go to our Facebook group. We are taking, uh, for next season, we're going to do entrance music, best and worst. Oh, boy. So check that out if you want to vote on that. It's not going to be like, name that tune. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> uh, and basically, we take the top 10 and bottom 10 from you, the fans, and we rank them. We don't vote. We just rank. Mm-hmm. We don't do any voting. Right. We have no bias towards what makes the list. There's no bias here. It's no all bias. science, really. It's all science. If we wear the lab coats and the goggles. We the have beakers. Mo- mm, goggles. I didn't even... I, I think I forgot my goggles. <sighs> Citation. Yeah. Jeez, Quinn. Uh, and basically, we just rank the uh, the topic at hand best we possibly can, scientifically. And uh, right now, I want to run down the top eight finishers that are on the board right now. Yeah, at, they are. At number one is the pile driver, which includes the tombstone pile driver. It's devastating. And that, that's why it's there. That's why it's there. Yeah. Number two, a very close number two, was a toughie, the DDT. Yeah. Again, I, th- I think this um this top three, I'm really proud of this top three, Joe. Yes, because number what's, three, what's three, powerbomb. Yes. Come on, man. This whole top three, these are, to me, these are moves, you know what, if like Zangief does them or like R. <laughs> Micah or whoever from Street Fighter, yes, then you right. know it's like... You know it's, it's serious. Just, it's just a it's just a wrestling move. That's, that's right. Like known <laughs> number four, the stunner. Great yep. move, iconic. I, and I know you don't. You think that's a little high, right? Is that for the it, stunner? Ah, it's tough. Yeah. You know what I mean. It's tough. Okay. Uh, five is a doomsday device. I I might have put that above the stunner now what? in retrospect, yeah, but we maybe. can't. 
It's the science, science is final. Austin. Also, science never changes. No, nope, that's right. This is control. I mean, Pluto is totally a planet. <laughs> what a reference! Yeah. Uh, number six, Mister NASA, is a, a sharpshooter. Yes. Number seven is the super kick, and someone has to be last. In this case, Quinn, it's the perfect plex. It's so perfect that, number <laughs> that it's last. Yeah. So those- it's perfect at being last. <laughs> so those are the entrants. But right now, let's go down to Howard Finkel for the formal introductions of the royal rankings. Ladies and gentlemen. Finishers, the final week, Quinn. This is it. This is it. We'll find out who the best and who the worst. Uh, yep. Well, not even the worst. Next the week. Top 10. Yeah. So. But who the worst of the best is, we'll find yeah, out. The worst of the best. Right Definitely. now, it's perfect plex. But, yeah. oh, that's fun. Okay. It's been a long ride here. It's been a fun ride as we've ranked along with you guys. You know, you've given us your feedback and your opinions here. Uh, maybe you're a scientist as well, and you can let us know what your findings are in your own lab. But, Quinn, time to uh, stop the blab and go down to the lab. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, where do I come up with them? Shooter McGavin over here. <laughs> uh, let's find out who drew or what drew. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. The flying elbow. All right. You know what? Okay. No theatrics here. The Lance flying the elbow. Macho man. Right the, now. There he is. This is a great finisher. I'm excited for it. You're very excited. I, I love this finisher as well. Freaking um, awesome. It's great. You know what the coolest thing about it is? It's I like any top rope finisher, and it's like rare that they get a lot of accolades. Like people just they're like, oh, they're stunts or whatever. Yeah, it's right. Anything from the top rope, but right? this is just makes sense. The, the flying elbow just makes sense as a flying elbow drop. It just makes sense. It makes sense. I'm not sure if it makes sense because you didn't say that enough times. You flying elbow fluffer fuck. I like it. It's weird because it's so basic at its core yeah. it's like it's taking you know a normal elbow drop which is like a sub 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 move like it's nothing yeah I know. and it's like well what if i go to the top rope and do it but also like is there anybody who did this not the macho man as their finisher i don't know it's probably after him but i don't know about before him that actually did it like, as a finisher CM punk did the pepsi plunge but that as was a like tribute that was a tribute and it also wasn't his finisher correct bailey does it as well because she like right. loves the macho man or something which right. is fine then Rowan love the macho man mm-hmm. Shawn michaels did it but not as a finisher right he did it was like a, a, it was it was just one of his moves yeah but savage used it as a finisher his entire career as far right. as i know did he have like a weird finisher when he was like the mesh nipple shirt in 99 or something or was it still the flying elbow so. it was I, always the flying elbow I right i don't think you know what up Mach? yeah that. that version macho man randy savage in my opinion michaels threw a good one punk threw a good one really like they, very they good. really did actually i, I don't want to take yeah. away from theirs but 
nobody dropped the elbow so majestically and like it was almost like artwork the way savage dropped the elbow man i think it has a lot to do with the the two fingers up right before he does it <laughs> and then like you'd see the flash bulbs go because everyone knew what he was about to do yeah even when he was a heel yeah think about wrestlemania 7 mm-hmm. where he drops five and mm-hmm. each one you get a different camera angle and they all look awesome that's to me we're we're getting the uh cart before the horse or the all horse right, before let's, the cart let's get whatever. behind the horse or whatever we have to because do because that is like the apex of it let's start what is this thing this is where you climb up the ropes uh-huh and you drop an elbow that's it there you go <laughs> so that's all it is we've explained the background um no but really the macho man was like i feel like this is part this works so well with the macho man's like move set oh yeah if you will yeah because yeah. the big point about it is because it's like he has the axe handle too like that goes yeah. hand in hand with it and that what i always liked about that is sometimes you don't know which one he's going for right and <laughs> well the axe handle accompanies the elbow drop kind of like jake's ddt with the short line the short clothesline or whatever yeah, or like, the knee lift, yeah. it's like not only does it have like that's the move or whatever right. it's got like a move that is the fake out move yeah right and, right yeah, and i always like i always like that <laughs> that's a good point yeah and Sa- it fits savage's personality too right the panache that this guy had i mean you know you have hogan dropping a leg great but you have this savage guy wandering in in the summer of 85 and what is his mo- this high flying like flamboyant he's just like all like it's different flashy <laughs> it's flashy like, like the macho man is exactly and obviously now we live in a time where there's so many high risk top rope aerial maneuvers you got 450 splashes and 451 splashes and tons swantons and sentons and you know all sorts of flippies and corkscrews and all these things and that's great fine this match i think was slightly better than the dallas match but this for its time this is like the original high high flying move right this in the splash in the superfly splash Yeah. yeah that's true it was rare in 1985 wwf or 86 87 even where a wrestler had a, a top rope finisher. Think of oh, it. Yeah. I mean, be, beyond I the mean, splash. Anytime anybody would go to the top rope, it was treated like, even if they were just doing something dumpy, like Greg Valentine <laughs> yeah. going to the top rope or something. Like, What's he doing up there? <laughs> or like the, the, the chop from Steamboat. Steamboat, yeah. yeah. something. They'd act like it was like the end of the world. Right. It's like, oh, you could terminate your career up there. Right. Like it's because it was high so- risk. Right, because it was sold that way, right? Yeah. And it worked out that 15 way. 15 feet. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. It's like eight. Yeah. Um, so Randy Savage dropping an elbow from up there, this precision elbow right onto the chest of an opponent, it just makes sense. And I think the move got a lot added to it over the years. Okay. I think, like, there was the first, the, like, version one in a weird way where it was just like, this was his move, right? And sure. He would, and he would do it, like, up to WrestleMania 4, right? Right. So, once we get to 4, we get to see it four times in a night, and, like, this is, like, the to me, this is, like, what you were saying about the, like, most majestic yeah, yeah, yeah. Version of it, right? Right. So then, like, now it's, like, it's associated with this, you know, the music and the, the pomp and circumstance right. and the majesty and Miss Elizabeth and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Sure. And that's, like, that that era of the move, right? Where it's just a very majestic thing. And then I almost feel like he gets quicker with it when he turns heel. Macho it feels King. that way, yes. Like, he gets, like... I'm just going to do this to you. Like, fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's like phases. It's almost like he does it more violently or something. No, I didn't. On. I didn't like when Hogan kicked out of it at a one count at WrestleMania 5. That's some bullshit. That was some bullshit. That, right that, that is when they started to like. <laughs> also, like, the move didn't have as much impact after that. Savage perched up there. The elbow. He got it. He nailed him. He got it. Cover him much. Whoa. 
this is where you were talking about the five at WrestleMania elbows. seven. Yeah, this is like the apex of the move. It's like his fond farewell of the, the move f- <laughs> of the move being like the worst thing to ever happen. Yep, it's yep. like the five times to the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> like I think this actually, believe it or not, I've always felt that this gets hidden in this great match. Is this this five times thing he does? Yeah, right. Because to me, this kind of was like the swan song for classic macho man yeah and like the, it really like, was and the like he's like fuck it i'm not taking any chances like fuck this guy ultimate, five yeah ultimate where he stinks <laughs> like i'm gonna finish him off and there's gonna be no way he ever gets up again his and like even while it's happening a girl is like oh his career's gonna be terminated <laughs> like you know like this yep, is yep this is it five elbow drops unheard right? of right but what makes it what makes it work with the kick out is the whole career on the line. This matters so much that the Ultimate Warrior will dig down as deep as he can, barely conscious, right, yes. to get up out of it. And the way Savage sells the kick out, too, where right. he's just like, what the fuck, basically. Yeah. Remember, he looks at the audience. He's like, what is it going yeah. like, to take? Because I think by that point, he starts getting like scepters and shit. Like, he's just like... <laughs> he gets very nervous. Yeah, he's just like, okay, fuck this. Like, we're going to need weapons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Has anybody got a gun? Yeah, <laughs> really, right? Yeah, seriously. seriously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously used it after that. That's the apex, you're right? He used it in 92, he used it in 3 when he wrestled. He did it to Yoko at Rumble 93 and tried right. to pin him in he the Royal Rumble. Rick Flair and stuff. He used it on Flair. And then he used it in WCW. There was the infamous reviving elbow to Hogan. Remember, he did it to Hogan to revive him that one so time. Dumb. This yeah. Is very WCW. What's Savage going to do? Savage trying to wake Hogan. Savage trying to wake Hogan. He's going to turn on Hogan. I told you. He woke up Hogan with a big elbow. I own WCW. So it might not have had its, its former glory in WCW, but. I think it's um a great finisher. I'll be very interested to see where it ranks. What do you? Oh th- yeah, it's. What are your thoughts of it as a finisher, real quick? My thoughts of it are: is it feels very final. Okay. A lot, a lot of these finishers, you know, they they feel more sudden. Like right. This one feels like very choreographed, but like in a good way. Where it's right, like yeah. this is it. The fact that you're bragging like while you're doing it is like kind of amazing. What it's going like, up and then like raising it, your arms up raising and stuff. Your arms, yeah. Like it's like everybody look, this is it. This this guy, he's done. Like <laughs> I, I got him I got him in my crosshairs. He's finished. Like Good he point. would rarely miss it too, which was always weird to me. Oh yeah, it was yeah, I don't think people moved often, yeah. right? Yeah. He wouldn't do it, it unless rare. unless you were down for the count. Yeah. He might have missed it at like WrestleMania four against DiBiase the first yeah. time and but yeah it was rare. It was rare. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's a good way to put it, Quinn. It feels very final. This is it. Like, I'm going up. I'm going to come down. I'm going to hit you with this, and it's over with. Yep. And that's what a finisher should be. And that's probably why there was so much meaning in the five-time one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was honestly the sinking feeling. Like, when I first saw that match, it's like, I didn't know who was going to win. Me neither. Because I watched it on Coliseum Video or whatever, but I didn't know who was going to win. Because I was like, how? I don't. I know both of these guys don't retire, so like, how the <laughs> fuck does this work? Yeah, I knew and they like, both still retired. So I'm watching wrestled. this. That, that's also the beauty of that match, too, because the history behind that they didn't retire. So you watch it, and you're like, who the fuck? Like, I don't even know who wins this, if you've yeah. ever seen it before, right? Yeah, because like, if you watch uh, if you watch SummerSlam 91, they're both on it. Right. And so, if you watch Rumble 92, Savage is there, WrestleMania Warrior comes back. So it's like, it's interesting. Just the poeticness of just that part of the match. Yeah. I don't... Ugh, I, ah, it's like one of my favorite things. That match? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to get to that in the pay-per-view yeah. reviews. That'll it's be so great. good. But okay, so that's the Flying Elbow. That's number nine. It has some possibilities here for the rankings. 
But now the time is through, Quinn, and the time for talking is through anyway. It's I don't turkey know. time it's turkey or time. whatever. Okay. Getting your Thanksgiving now. Getting there, yeah, yeah. We're coming up. It's time for us to all find out which move the final entrant drew number 10. Please note, this episode was recorded prior to a recent comment made by Randy Orton on Twitch, which may reveal a long-standing sneaking suspicion that he is in fact an asshole. Please bear this in mind while listening to the remainder of this segment, and be sure to separate the in-ring work and finishing move itself from the person performing it. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Quinn from out of nowhere, it is the RKO... Slash Diamond Cutter. Yes, the Diamond... I Same think, move. Was it nominated as Diamond Cutter or RKO? I don't know. It was nominated mainly as the Diamond Cutter, I believe, but the RKO got enough votes. It's the same move. It's what I said a couple weeks ago. I don't know how that move doesn't... Yeah. Because like, that is just... It's perfect as far as a surprise As a move. finisher, yeah. yeah. It, it is a surprise factor. I think it's one of the all-time finishers, and obviously we'll find out what where it ranks in the ten. The cutter, it's just, it's a cutter, okay? It started as a diamond cutter. I actually started as the ace crusher. Right. Believe it or not, invented by your friend of mine, Johnny Laryngitis. Right. Invented this move. Johnny Ace. Well, we don't want to We don't want to talk about him, but anything. he did. Mr. Skateboard or whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> that, he couldn't, that he couldn't ride. Now he's married to Bella Mom or whatever. Yeah, don't bring that up, please. Uh, now, <laughs> I first saw this move, and I'm sure many other people my age and interested in North American wrestling did. Saw this move uh, by Diamond Dallas Page around 1996. I think he started using I, well, it. He 95. was even using it during the Johnny B. Bad feud in 1995. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's when I first saw it because I, I was very enamored with the 1995 scummy with the diamond doll. Oh, man. Boardwalk DDP, trash version of him. And the diamond cutter was just part of his move set that I was just like, this guy's the best. So I, underrated I, during I, that time, man. Uh, even as a heel, I was like, who He's can so beat good. him? Who's ever going to take the TV title off him? He was such a hammy, hilarious, scummy heel. He was great. The vignettes but, but he, he did, also, like it was all good. But he also seemed devastating, yeah. athletic. How could you stop this guy? Right. He like, had all the tools. He had all the tools, and on top of it, he was just a big dick. Let me ask you something, Bishop. First, Bishop. Thank you. Whatever. You're not going to ask me about my 257 titanium alloy Oakleys this time, are you? I didn't think so. And he had the Diamond Doll yep. and Max Muscle a lot of that run as well. Yes, he did. Uh, and then that when he started using the Diamond Cutter, when he was a heel, you know, it wasn't as over. But well, it was also more deliberate. Yes. Um, you knew it was getting set up. Right. It's not until um he came back from the silent benefactor and all that shit. And that, slowly turned face. And slowly turned face that it became like the move that came out of nowhere. Yes, literally. Yeah. And in much the same way that the Stone Cold Stunner was very instrumental in helping Austin get over. I think, you know, not entirely. Austin got over, but it, right. the move helped, right? It didn't hurt. The Diamond Cutter, I think in mid-96 or whenever DDP started to slowly turn face, yeah, like it was, it was, summer 96. It was after Slambery or whatever, yes. when he won the, the ring thing or and, whatever. And, and then, it, like, they, they were like, nah, he's face now. <laughs> and it was right around the time where the NWO was starting to form. Right. Because by the time he was face, they were formed and he was he was a face against them. Right. DDP catches the man! Oh, he got it! Diamond Cutter, get him! 
that move is really heated up and became very popular, and that's around the time where he started doing it from out of nowhere. Right. It was 96. Yep, and, it, and you know, it was always, to me, another thing, it's like he would do it by surprise on NWL members. Oh, I love like, it. Like, people like that were like, come on, join us, and then it was like, all of a sudden, they slip into the diamond cutter, and yep. you just be like, how did he do it so fast? Like, remember, like, the suddenness of it became kind of like, you didn't know, even when, like, everyone was anticipating it, you still were like, when is it going to come? Because he would, like, do some teasing sometimes. Right, right. The move was protected. It was very protected. I don't know. It's like, even the NWO guys couldn't kick out of it. Like, it was just like, this is, if he hits this and it's a surprise and they don't know it's coming, like, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And it's a great uh, finisher for a face because it's one of those pop finishers. You know, we've talked about, you know, there's some finishers that just have a pop to them, like the DDT does. Yeah. And this is one of them. It was very, the move reaction from the crowd, it was very indicative of the era of that. (sighs) I I think WWE, especially the Nitros, don't get enough credit for this. There was almost like a party atmosphere during during the Nitro. You like to say that. Yeah, I know. But what I mean by by why that works so well for the move is because there was an atmosphere where something like that would happen, Joe. Yep. And everyone would stand up and pay attention out of their yeah. seats. You're right. You're right. And 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 some. I mean, sometimes you'd literally see the popcorn fly, like because you know, like I said, it's a party atmosphere. People are eating, they're drinking, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I I, okay. I just remember looking Fair into enough. those crowds and just Fair seeing enough. guys just raise their fists. Yeah, like because well, it looks so cool, right? Yeah, it's like and. And, and they, some of them, you know, some, a lot of these at this time, a lot of people were going to wrestling shows for the first time. And sure. you get that raw emotional reaction from this party like atmosphere yeah, in the crowd. Yeah. And it really just worked with that move so well. It absolutely did. It's a great finishing move. It's, uh, it's technically, it's not the same move as the stunner. It's similar. It's a, th- you put them in like a three quarter face lock, but instead of slamming them on your shoulder, which is what the stunner is, you're slamming them into the mat. Right. That's just for, we didn't talk about the mechanics of it. That's essentially what it is. Yep. It's almost like a stunner, but they don't fall on your shoulder. They fall right onto the mat, which I think is better than the stunner, truthfully. Yeah, no, it seems better. I don't know physically which would be worse. I don't either. I, I don't want to find out. Um, <laughs> I think, I think though, we've talked about the Diamond Dallas page, but yeah. like, Randy Orton, I feel, took it to another level. He did, and it's the only real difference in the application of it is, Orton lands a little differently than DDP did. Orton lands like more jumpy, like he's more jumpy about it and lands a little floppier. He puts his body into it a little yeah, bit more. That's and all. I think I think that was just a, a modification that he made over time. I think so, like, yes. Randy Orton's from a time where they would pick out a thing for the guy and market him in a certain way. I always felt Randy Orton made it his own once he was told that's his move. Like yeah, you I mean? think so. You know, because he it really became his thing. Yeah, Randall Kenneth Orton, right? That's what it's named after, the yeah. RKO. And I want to say this because I never get to talk about Orton, but it's I, rare here. I really feel he's one of the more underappreciated guys of the modern era. Oh, totally, Quinn. Uh, I ve- totally like, agree. He is just very good at what he does. I think he got swooped up in the endless John Cena feuds and people... Well, yeah, the booking wasn't always good. But he... Let's be honest. He always, he always showed up when it mattered. And I think, that's the, I think so. that's the thing about him. Now, his move, on the other hand, this got turned into like a meme. Yeah, and and actually, it's one of the first wrestling moves that I remember seeing a lot of gifts about. Well, because it's such a funny premise. But in the modern era, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think there, I think there's something to be said about that. Is that he owned this thing in the age of the internet? It really was like a very cool, like, oh, you could post. Man, how did he pull that one off? Like the one against Seth Rollins. That's the famous is always one, one of yeah. my. 
I mean, he did ones way before that. I mean, sure. Going into that Seth Rollins one, that's like the the fam- super famous one now. Like I think it's like four or five years ago. Yeah, trust me, thirty one or two. I can't remember which. I mean, going into that, together. it already was uh, like he had pulled some pretty extraordinary ones off. Yes, he had. But that one was something I'd never seen before because. Basically, at that point, this is the first time Seth Rollins had the curb stomp Yeah, thing it was when he was first using before it. Before it was banned. Yes. And then he didn't have it, and then he had it again, right? right? he's going for the curb stomp. So Orton's doing this, like, get-up move, and he's kind of, like, he's bent over, right? So, like, he's, like, in perfect position, but he's standing. He's not on his knees. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rollins puts his, his foot, literally goes on Orton's neck. Right. But Orton lifts up his neck. And he kind of gives Seth Rollins like a boost, yep. right? And he jumps in the air and then lands into an RKO. And it's a great finish. The crowd loves it. Yeah. Huge pop for that. The best part about it is they didn't do the stupid nowadays stuff where he kicked out. Like it was like, yes. no, that finished it. he got caught. Right. He was fucked. And yep. that was it. It was such a good finish that people forgot about the fact that, like, Seth Rollins was the up-and-comer and he should... Like, people <laughs> yeah. were just like, no, fucking Orton got him sense. and that's it. Like, and, and, and he should win. <laughs> As often things do in wrestling, when they make sense, people don't complain about it. Right, exactly. Because it just makes sense. And that move definitely is a great finisher. Yeah, Orton made it his own. Orton became a meme out of it. The RKO out of nowhere, which is where he's comically inserted into people falling, like it's, gifts it's, of people it's falling. It's also one of the only times Michael Cole said something that stuck. Yeah, that <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. I'm sure he was told to say that, too. Right. Okay, I've got to so I just didn't know if you want me to hit it every time, but I'll do that from now on. Uh, and much the same way the DDP would do, the Diamond Cutter out of nowhere, the RKO out of nowhere, took on an even greater life. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic finishing move. I am very excited for its potential here in the ranking Me too. Because it is, um, it's maybe one of the greatest of all time, at least in the top 10, obviously. Well, I mean, all these moves are, are top 10 exactly. finishers, right? So if there's anything, you have anything else you want to say about it before we get to the rankings? No, I think I'm good. I think I've said what I wanted to say. Same. About, what about you? I think I'm good. I think it's a great move, whether it's DDP or uh, Randy Orton. And I think it speaks volumes for the Diamond Cutter to begin with that the WWF answered with the stunner. Yeah. They wanted a pop move of their own because the stunner didn't come until after the, the Diamond Cutter. to the Diamond Cutter. It was, yeah. yeah. So, all right. It's the ranking time. Let me run them down real quick, and then we will get to it here. It's the uh, pile driver at number one with the tombstone. Number two is DDT. Three is the powerbomb. Four is the stunner. Five is doomsday device. Six, sharpshooter. Seven is the super kick, and eight is the perfect plex. For the flying elbow, Quinn, I think we can say it's better than the perfect plex. Yeah, everything's better than the perfect plex. Is it better than the super kick? Yeah, definitely. More I majestic, think, more final. I think final. it's better than the sharpshooter. Um, I think the doomsday device is where it runs into okay. its first problems. I'll, um, I'll acquiesce. What What are you thinking? What What are your thoughts on that? So I look at them as like kind of both sort of high risk maneuvers. Yeah, they're um, the only two top row moves on this list. They spell certain doom for their opponents in so they're protected i mean like they're, very they're, much they're so very protected moves especially uh, the doomsday device the doomsday device again they'll always knock against the doomsday device to me as a tag team move and whenever you you're up against a singles move it's kind of like i know what do you like <laughs> i i agree with you if yeah. we did allow tag finishers is the only one that made it so the other part about um the flying elbows i feel like the setup while in a real fight, yeah, it's a little <laughs> convoluted, like how it would happen. You can still, still do it. It's still less convoluted than the Doomsday device. 
It is. I mean, wasn't there a clip of someone doing the flying elbow to someone in the baseball game or some kind of yeah, I'm sporting sure event? I'm sure some doofus <laughs> jumped off of something when it's he was real. Like, fighting his friend. Whatever. It's real. Yeah. All right. I agree with you there. I think legacy-wise, you give the nod very slightly to the flying elbow because uh, people I'm, do it as a tribute. It's also like iconic based off like WWF stuff that like, true that you know is burned into people's heads. Although the Doomsday Device, I think, is very iconic as well. Has a yeah. great legacy as a finisher, though. The Doomsday so. Device always came to me, came off to me personally as something that more of a legend, because the NWA stuff was more territorial and it wasn't on like pay per view as as much. Right. Um, I always looked at the Doomsday Device as like this more of this like legendary. It had like some kind of mystique to it, like John Henry. Like- yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's this move, the Doomsday Device. Right, you've heard it, of this? It's like the somebody guy climbs on the ropes. Somebody, they, uh, they break all their necks. They like, break their necks with it. These guys, they're like they're 300 pounds. Right. Like that type of thing, right? Right. Like, you, you whisper about it, you know. There's you, whispers about the yeah. Doomsday Device, but the flying, the, elbows. the flying elbow is so well known. Did that to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan you know? on national television right. and then and pay-per-view and right. like epic events and stuff and winning tournaments and... But, blah, blah. yeah, I mean, it did win him the world title. Yeah. One world title, because he won the other one with a roll-up, I think. The, yeah. The, what a WrestleMania 8. So Actually, one of my, did he even... Wait, he, hit the, he hit the elbow drop at the end of the DBS match, Yeah, right? after Hogan hit him with right, a chair. Steel chair. <laughs> I always liked, though, yes. that Macho Man still... He just didn't pin him. He's no, just like, no, yeah, I'm going to do it with my moves. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to give Hogan credit there. <laughs> I actually think that the Doomsday Device is probably... Might have to hold its spot, Quinn, what? where it is. I don't know. I'm thinking, I mean, the, the flying elbow, it, uh. the end of its run was, you know, it wasn't really treated seriously after 91, like we mentioned. Yeah, but you have to remember, Savage lasted a really long time. By the end of his run, he'd been wrestling for like 25 years so or something. The, the LOD lasted a long time also. I mean, they yeah. did early 80s until the early 2000s. And then LOD, like, with Heidenreich. Don't bring that also. up. That's really horrible. <laughs> Heidenreich. Is he the one where it wasn't his fault? No, that was Snitsky's fault. No, it wasn't. no, no. You're th- yeah, Heidenreich but, is the guy that was like fake Brock Lesnar after he quit and then they were like, this isn't working. Let's make an LOD. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, was, he was pretty bad. Yeah. Good luck though, but... Uh, Alright, well, why is the flying elbow better than the incumbent Doomsday device? Why should it take the spot? It's just so majestic and... Right. and just- <laughs> great like i i it is no i love it i mean people really like they just it's one of those moves again where it's like i feel like a lot of people know what it is if you said doomsday device nowadays i don't know that the common person would be like what the fuck is that like i guess quinn it, it, i think like being memorable has a lot to do with things well i think to the wrestling fan they're equally memorable though yeah no to the wrestling fan yes but to the like the every person who watches wrestling. If you said flying elbow, I think they would know what that is. Probably. Maybe they know who the Macho Man is anyway. And they right. might they might know what it's I think the it's thing mo- that the Macho Man is. It's did. probably more of like the stunner effect about how like why the stunner is so highly ranked is because it's associated with such a high profile figure. Okay. I can put it above the Doomsday device, but I think that's as high as it goes. I don't know um, if it eclipses the stunner. Yeah, the stunner the prob- Quinn is yeah, the tough, problem with man. the stunner is that it's like as popular as the Macho Man was, he was always second fiddle to Hulk Hogan. That's not to True. say that. How do I put it? It's not to say that like was Macho Man's second fiddleness was that <laughs> because wrestling was so big in the eighties, right? Yes. Did it outrank the heights of like? I always think this is such a weird. This is almost like a separate discussion, but it, I always think it's weird that like was. 
even the second fiddle people in the 80s, right? Were they more popular than the top people in the Attitude Era? No, like, no. Steve Austin was arguably just as popular as Hulk Hogan. Or Macho Short, Man. Yeah, a shorter run, a much shorter run than Hulk Hogan. But I think he was just as popular within his context, yeah, as yeah. Hulk Hogan was. Okay. I think so. I really do. I mean, Austin was everywhere for a short period of time. And I don't think that... Uh, no, I don't think there's a comparison there between Savage and Austin. I think Austin all the way, okay. unfortunately. I can, I I can, can be s- wrong. But. I can live with that as the number five I uh, think so. finishing I move ever or whatever. And as much as I love the ma- the majesty of the flying elbow, the stunner is a classic move, too. Yeah. It, it just is. I'll go with that. That's It, it looks good. I, I, I'm, you know, just looking at the list. It's, yeah. Uh, it as seems it's coming like together. A, it seems like a, a good spot for that. All right. Well, there's one more spot. And that's going to be for the Diamond Cutter or the RKO. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the more underrated moves. It, I think it might be. Yeah. Um, I know right offhand that we both agree it's better than the Perfect Plex. <laughs> well, yeah. It is better than the Super Kick. Yes. It is better than the Sharpshooter. 100%. It's better than the Doomsday Device. I, I, I think it's so... It's just so well done. It's like just... It's... It's quick and it's just it does what it needs to do and and it feels like it's devastating and it, it looks devastating be. to be laid out flat on the mat like that have yeah. your face hit the mat and it, from high altitude or any altitude. Dare I say it? It seems more stunning than a stunner. That is actually where I wanted to take it up to and have those two moves fight yeah. it out for for this spot first. Yeah. I know I'm jumping the flying out. No, already, but it's but, okay. Yeah. When I was going to go there anyway, in all truthfulness, yeah. the stunner versus the diamond cutter. One is. One is a move that Steve Austin did to various authority figures. Austin, he just, he just attacked the commissioner! Santa Claus. Oh, Stone Cold just stuttered Santa Claus! <laughs> All sorts of different characters. Stone Cold just Outside the context of a wrestling match. Right. Meaning it was... It was Austin's signature, like, taunt, almost. It wasn't just a wrestling finisher. Yeah, but I mean, like, he would do it to The Rock, for example, and, and, and The Rock would act, with like, yes. act like it was the worst thing that ever happened. Vince acted like it was the worst thing that ever happened. You name the opponent. You yeah. know, Triple H. All yeah. these people Austin fought, feuded with. He stunned Donald Trump at yeah. WrestleMania 23. He I mean, if you, stunned if you inter- everybody. If you interacted with Steve Austin, it didn't matter if you were a celebrity. <laughs> if you were a like, healer face. It almost seemed like, even like a Donald Trump, it almost seemed like, hey, can I be in the... In yeah. the stu-? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I literally anybody, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to be in the ring with... He's got to do the stunner. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, it's just like... It was do like the stunner, do the stunner. It's, like, it's yeah. like an honor. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You can't say the same about the RKO or the diamond cutter. No, but... That's one thing about it. But... In a very bizarre way, and I think the age of the internet, I think this is what Randy Orton contributed to the move, is that it became so popular. And to this day, RKO out of nowhere. That's a great meme. You, if, if Diamond Dallas Page was still wrestling today, it would just be called Diamond Cutter out of nowhere. I, right, I still think that thing. I still, but I, what I'm saying is I still think like in the age of the internet, that move is so like, it can just so, be so easily captured in a two second gif or yes. like and, and like yes and, and be sent along on a tweet somewhere and it, there's something to say about that absolutely uh let's not forget either that ddp didn't he wind up uh getting in a little legal dispute with jay-z about the diamond cutter yeah, motion? He, so, did, yeah there you go i totally you know we didn't even talk about that the <laughs> fact that like it had like a a symbol a diamond symbol and, and like it feel the bang had a see had a catchphrase yes. for the move see? you know what i mean like that's something, something to you, it you don't get a lot like with, no. with, with a finishing move 
Oh, it's tough because I think I think this, okay, and you tell me what you think of this. I think the stunner is the more popular overall move, but the RKO slash diamond cutter is a better finisher and because of the meme. Yeah. The I meme mean, factor. Yes. The, I mean, in its day, even when it was just the diamond cutter. It was um, huge. Here's the thing. It's huge. Tremendous. There was, the internet existed, but there wasn't, like, gifts and stuff. That's the thing. Like, but, but what I will say is this, is that it sold t-shirts. Is that Feel the Bang, I remember those t-shirts yeah, being popular and the, and Diamond Dallas, like, symbol, but all of that stuff, like, the underline, the underpinnings of it was, it was the way, the feel the bang and all that stuff that was all associated with the move the diamond correct cutter. that's like, how you were going to feel that bang right exactly he was feeling a different bang when with you Kimberly. saw when you saw that t-shirt yes you said oh that's diamond dials paid diamond cutter i know him right you know what i mean sure sure and then we got the rko in this day and age and that meme obviously right rk is that version of if it. you see randy orton you say oh that rko out of nowhere yeah like that's like a lot of the common people who don't watch wrestling they know yeah. rko out of nowhere it makes me laugh every time i see one of those two they're yeah. very funny yeah they are things. very funny as a finisher, though, I mean, the stunner's probably a little more popular overall as a finisher, but it barely. Right. I mean, look, Steve Austin was on top of the world for a few years in wrestling, and then anytime, like you said, any interaction with Steve Austin is almost guaranteed to end with a stunner, almost. Yep. The other thing, though, is actually, in a weird way, the Diamond Cutter has had a lasting impact because new life was breathed into it by having a whole second career centered around it. By, the, by Randy like, Orton, yeah. It's like kind of Randy Orton... It, picked it up in what 2002 2003 or something yeah, whenever probably. he came in was it always his finisher from the yes, beginning yes the 2 yeah shit this yeah, I mean, is hard it, it, ddp stopped and rko took over and like there you have it like this move has been around now for almost 20 something years 25 yeah, years 25 years almost let me ask you a question though quinn even if the diamond cutter rko does hop the stunner does it even make a run at the power bomb or the ddt i don't think so okay i don't think so either yeah, but I think it's very, very close between the RKO and the Stunner. RKO Diamond Cutter. Sorry. Well, yeah, yeah the RKO Diamond Cutter and the Stunner. Because uh, I think that affects people's opinion for whatever reason. Right. It's We're like, gr- oh, Diamond Cutter's the older, so it's but better it's the same move. Yeah, it's the it same really move. is. Orton just does it slightly differently. Yeah. The Stunner's more iconic still. I think being a meme doesn't give you like this iconic, legendary status. We also can't judge that in 15 years when you know randy orton is retired and true nobody remembers ddp anymore like <laughs> like yeah right right I, I don't know if we'll still be top 10 diamond cutters video or something or top 10 rkos or whatever the hell the stunner though you could say the same thing about yep yeah they're they're very equal in a weird way i think as one, moves <sighs> you know the difference is what one is done by steve austin yep i think that's the only thing I don't know though. I I, I yeah. almost feel like the RKO, if we really had the the evidence to back it up, could go higher than than the stunner, higher than the power bomb, here's and get a, up there with a DDT. Quinn. Here's one of the weird things about the Attitude Era in general that is really hard to quantify. Yeah, and maybe again, this might be another discussion for another day. Probably, but Randy Orton's been around for a very long time when the company is so mainstream. Yeah, but Austin was mainstream too, Quinn. I understand that. What I mean by that is, like, I think we there's some kind of, like, false narrative that somehow everything was more popular in the Attitude Era, but I, I, I guess the relentless mainstream way wrestling is now, does do things like Randy Orton doing the RKO, do they wash over all the, the burst of popularity and, 
in the four years or whatever that was the Attitude Era? I don't know. Uh, I know that the crowds aren't into anything nearly as during Orton's era as they were in Austin's era. Yeah, but they were into the RKO. They were. Uh, it was a pop finisher, like we've yeah. said. Yeah. It's tough. Stunner has the spot now, the number four spot. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with a reason why the Diamond Cutter or the RKO should take it. The- I don't think we can come up with a reason that would satisfy anyone. I think there's many reasons, but a reason that would say that one is better than the other is, is very hard to... Because they're kind of the same thing. Well, then what about, strictly speaking, forget who's doing it, forget memes yeah. and t-shirts, the move itself. Which okay. move makes a better finisher, in your opinion? The stunner Diamond or... Cutter yeah, without, same. without question. Let's put it at number four, then. Okay. That's what it's getting yeah. by on. Because I think it's a wash in almost every other category. Popularity and... Uh, right. I do! I really do! Yeah. Different and, eras! Yeah. And I will say this about Diamond Dallas Page's popularity real quick. I actually think it's deceptive. He's deceptively still popular. Like it, in a he, way. In a way, he's kind of has like a Jake the Snakeness about him, where it's like old and yeah, wrinkly. No, no, no. What I mean by that, and it's weird that they're associated with each other, but um, <laughs> what I mean by that is like he's a character that is very much remembered if you bring him up. But when you say professional wrestling, they'll say Stone Cold first. Oh yeah. But when people think. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I was a big fan of, you know, Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold. And but I also like Jake the Snake and, and yeah. all these other people. And Diamond Dallas Page somehow always kind of makes it into that list. For WCW like, fans. Anyway, yeah. Yes. Like, you know, what? he's like he's like one of those guys like an upper mid Carter. It's yeah, what he was. Yeah. Like snooker. But, but, but he's memorable. Yeah. Like Snooker. Yeah. He's like a Snooker. Right. Right. Yeah. Never was the big guy. Never was really the guy. Not really. But a lot of people, a lot of people he's like part him. of their growing up is they, they remember Carl Malone. They always, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, And in 15, 20 years, people are going to say that about Randy Orton. Right, exactly. It's so, like, oh man, he always... He not had, an all-time great, he, but, but up he, there. But he was always feuding with John Cena and he and he had his number a couple times. Yeah, and, and there'll like, be some nostalgia for that, I think, yeah, eventually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. Is that uh, where it stops or can, does it get above the powerbomb and get into DDT company? No. no. I think the, the, the top three to me are just quintessential wrestling moves. Quinn's essential wrestling yeah. moves. How about that? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're like, they're, okay. they're in a league of their own, the with top Ma- three. With Madonna yeah. and Tom Hanks. Yes, that movie, yes. What's her face? It's, it's exactly what, what I was referencing. What was her name? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> she <laughs> was in, but who's the main person in it? Oh, uh, what the hell? Oh, uh, Denise Spacek. Richards. No, the main girl in it. What the hell is her name? Denise Richards? It's not Denise Richards. Hang on now. I got to do this before we wrap up. A De- league of their own. Oh my goodness, I am totally blanking. I know her name. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Gina Sorry, Davis. Denise Richards. Why was I thinking? I don't know. Because I looked her up and I'm like, that's not who I'm thinking That's of. not who you're thinking of. All right, let's finalize it, Quinn, because uh, we, we've we done it. We made it, folks. Oh, you know, before we do, before we do, before we put that music on, okay. I just want to mention that in terms of fan voting. Oh, right. We always say this, the fan voting. Here's the top three. Okay. I'm just going to give you the top three. We don't want to go down the whole list. DDT was number one. Tombstone and Piledriver were number two. And because I'm thinking nostalgia and memorability, the Flying Elbow was number three. Hmm. But I mean, all... I Flying Elbow made it up there. I wasn't yeah. like poor or no, anything. No, wasn't poor. And in case you want to know, give you a list of five that didn't make it. All right, so this is right... Ab- By the way, Perfect Plex was the bottom of the top ten. Really? In the in the voting yeah, also. I mean... It made it, but barely. Just, okay. Here's five... Who did it make it above? Here's That's, five that didn't make it, okay? I'm going to embarrass... Frankensteiner. Yeah, but I mean, that's... It, 
Big one move, go. though. Yeah, big move. You're better right. than the perfect plex. Yeah, way better than the perfect plex. Figure four, which, eh. Ah! Flare, I know. I, you know what? I'm surprised it didn't come up, actually, because it. I, not even just Flair, so many people did it. Oh, I mean, Buddy yeah. Buddy Rogers. Uh, Greg the Hammer. Jeff Jarrett. Garvin. Tito Santana. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Frog Splash. Which I can see. I mean, that to would, me, that's also the Superfly. Splash. I would have included yeah. the Superfly in that. I don't know the Superfly splash. How didn't is that it, not on here? Did not make it. Yeah, uh, Jackhammer, which I think is huh. a cool move. Wow, yeah, the Jackhammer. That's great a finisher. Great finisher. Goldberg yeah. won with it on TV for hundreds of matches. That that move always really like I that like really in yeah. my head. Like I just remember thinking it was just the worst thing I could. It's like a power bomb awesome. in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Razor's Edge, which we incorporated into the powerbomb discussion. It, it kind of made it. It's a crucifix powerbomb. Yeah. So so that was some stuff that didn't make it. Thank you guys for uh, your submissions. And be sure to go to our Facebook group to uh, vote on the entrance music one. But, Quinn, we have done it. We have the top ten finishers of all time in wrestling. At number one, it is still the pile driver, which includes a tombstone. Number two, the DDT. Number three, a power bomb. Number four, the diamond cutter or the RKO. Number five, the stunner. Six is the flying elbow drop. Seven, doomsday device. Eight is the sharpshooter. Nine is the super kick. And of course, rounding it out is the perfect plex. That is the top ten finisher scientifically ranked in wrestling. Let us know yours. And next week, of course, there'll be the flush. But Quim, when we come back, we have to shine a little spotlight on the WWF in 1990. That's right. Wrestling Spotlight Review is coming up right after this. HBO's First Look presents The Girls of Summer. Are you crying? The making of a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball! The comedy about the girls who stepped up to the plate when the boys went off to war. Director Penny Marshall, coaches Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, and Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there are men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? For the inside scoop, watch HBO's First Look, a league of their own. Premieres Wednesday, July 1st, only on HBO. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is, of course, episode number 149. 149! Thank you, Quinn. And, uh, Quinn, before we get, uh, before we shine the spotlight on WF in 1990... There's some other spotlight <laughs> shining I think we need to do, right? You got it, sir. There's three other podcasts we're going to shine a little light on there. Uh, why don't you check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, which is about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not about nothing, even though it says it is. <laughs> right. So actually, the, the lying in the name right there. <laughs> already. I mean, yeah. why even bother? Yeah. No, but uh, you should bother, because it's a great show. It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One of them is a retired referee. His name is Mean Mike Crockett. The most retired. He is so retired. And his partner hasn't been on the show in like six weeks, but it's... Is that true? <laughs> yeah, it's is something that, like is that. Is that how long it's been Something now? like that. I thought it was only like a week or two. No, it's yeah. the uh, brawler Brian Malonis, an actual wrestler in the actual Ring of Honor. But Mike Crockett makes do because he gets maybe Brian Fury will fill in for Brian Malonis. In general, when Brian Malonis is on the show, it's two guys that have worked in the business, mm-hmm. uh, but are also fans. Yeah. Unlike Quinn and myself, we were never in the business. We're in the wrestling never media. At all in the business. By the way, every time, every week you you go over WPAN or whatever. Sure. I always think of two guys, a girl, and a pizza place for some reason. Well, that's very appropriate if you yeah. ever take a look at the two of these guys. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, check out the wrestling podcast about nothing. It is a great show. You get some insight into the business. 
and a fan's perspective, and a little bit of the New England Matt Wars. You know, they're very oh, close to the, the vest there. That happening, they are. They're always happening. So check out WPN the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. And then on Thursdays, there's a show that comes out that man, oh man, Quinn, if you like quirky, yeah, if, that's quirky. Whew, I thought you said worky. If you like worky, yeah. if you like unique. If you like wrestling, this may not be the show for you. Because no. <laughs> Peter Winston, what he does on Greetings from Allentown is he takes an old episode of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Let's say WF All-Star Wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. Right? For let's, example. Okay, let's say that. Let's say, <laughs> let's, we can say it. So he'll review it. Like, he'll talk about the stuff that happens in the show. You know, Gorilla and Bobby fart around. Or maybe it's Angela Moscow, whatever the case is, right? Yeah, Petey's favorite. Petey's favorite. But over the course of like an hour and 45 minutes, he'll do the entire show. See, our show is like that one, but our review is short. Petey stretches out the review by talking about anything you could possibly think of. Yeah, um, basically. The world of sports there, Michael. He'll talk about the Boston Bruins. Yep, all, all the things. Uh, he, cat piss. And yeah, cat piss. All that kind of stuff. Trips to Alaska. Right. Uh, you know, things like that. Evil goatees. You name it. Check it out. It's a quirky, fun take on retro wrestling, and it's called Greetings from Allentown, hosted by Pete Winston. And then, of course, Quinn. And we're above the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, we're we're definitely above it. But below that Mason there, Dixon line, if you like your straw hat, and John Deere yep. and barbecue sauce mm-hmm. there is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew they do Very this bookie. they do they don't do wrestling they yeah. do wrestling. wrestling they do the yes. southern wrestling uh, James E. Cornette <laughs> from Kentucky yeah. or wherever he's from <laughs> exactly they do the Smoky Mountain and the NWA uh, the WCW if you will from the 80s and the Smoky Mountain from the 90s and it's a great show it's the unprofessional wrestling podcast it is booking the territory so once again our three friends of the show. Check them out, would you? The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Greetings from Allentown, and Booking the Territory. And one more thing here. I know I said it earlier in the show. want to remind you, for next season's Royal Rankings and Royal Flush, if you want to participate, go to our Facebook page and uh, throw your names on there, okay? Yep. Just throw them in. Do we it. Got, we got it. The science can only happen if we get the, you know, experiments. Yeah, we need enough experiments to be yeah. able to make sure that this one goes well. So, check that out. But, Quinn, we... uh. We wanted to do some WF this season. WF, yeah, yes. This, uh, a lot of it. Um, we wanted World to do a Federation lot. Federation of wrestling. <laughs> and there was a show, and we've done this show, Spotlight, before. It's <laughs> yeah. not the only time we've ever done it. It's rare because there's not much to it. It's um, it's special, I guess. It's, In its, its own way. Right? Very C. Yeah, very C. So I know I've explained this before, but maybe for the benefit of some newer fans, this doesn't hurt repeating it. Back in the syndication height of the yeah. mid-80s through the early 90s, there were three packages that uh, WBF, package, yeah. yeah, that they could sell to syndicates, right? right? Fox 5, Fox 29, whatever it is, right? And the A show was the one that they sold the most of, meaning you couldn't take less than the A. Right, the you a, had to get the you A. You had to get the a. a. Now, if you had the A, which was Superstars, mm-hmm. and you wanted another show, you can get the B. Yeah, if you wanted some vanilla with that chocolate, right. you mix them together. Now, if you wanted the shit Sunday, <laughs> yeah. and you felt like carrying three different WWF syndicated shows on your one station. If you wanted the like water ice cream at yeah. the bottom with it as yeah, well, exactly. they had Spotlight. The bottom of your sherbet container that you've yeah. had since last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the C show, WWF Spotlight. And you can tell with the amount of effort they put in <laughs> by the lettering system because Superstars is like the hottest angles, right? Right. Feature matches most of the time. 
Challenge ain't that bad either. Challenge ain't that bad. Less feature matches, but great presentation. Yeah, Gorilla and you Bobby. Got Gorilla and Bobby to right. like carry it. it. It's almost, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a B good. plus show. It's not even a B show. I like that, Quinn. A B plus. Yeah. But uh, man, Spotlight, who had a rotating cast <laughs> of hosts and characters. It's a real piece of shit. It is. They don't even try to edit this thing properly, which you're going <laughs> to see. Like, there's just cuts to stuff. But the reason I find this show so fascinating is because it was the C show. That means that it was only a few, I don't know how many, but the fewest amount of markets received it because you had to have the A and the B. So this is the least common of the syndicated shows, and it's a a real treasure when you come across one of these on the YouTube and you watch all of it. uh, Sure is something. It's a a nice waste of 40 minutes. It really is. Put it that way. And the one that we're doing, folks, is WWF Wrestling Spotlight, January 6th, 1990. Obviously, the year has just started, 1990. Mm -hmm. Great year for WF. It's uh, the end of maybe the Hulkamania era. Yeah. A lot of people say the, glo- I, the I would, golden I, age. I would say the other thing about this era is the uh, the polish on the presentation is very peak. It just looks like a well-oiled machine. Like it really this is does. a product that people can buy on the shelf. Absolutely, Quinn. And even at their on their C level here, they were still heads and tails above almost everybody, if not everybody, right? In terms of production during this time. Uh, so yeah, we're right in the beginning of '90. So everything you're going to see is from '89. But it it's feels a, very '90 still, though. It feels 1990. It yeah, really it does. It already feels like they've crossed the threshold into yep. 1990. The things we know of 1990. The things we know of '90. Yeah, the Royal Rumble's coming up in only a couple of weeks, so that's a big focus here. But let's get to it, Quinn. And the most interesting thing is we open with that half-assed theme song that they have for yeah, Spotlight. It's, seriously, it's like the fake superstars jazz music. Yeah, though. it's like a more jazzy version of the yes, superstars theme because superstars just don't. Doom, 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 but doom. it's got this, that in it, and but this it's one's also like, don't, 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 right? But on doom, top of doom, that, it's doom, like, doom. Like, yeah, it's like this weird jazz <laughs> superstars. Spotlight. We get a bunch of clips in the enter here from 88, 89, and then, but it ends with a yeah. shot of the CNE from the big right. event. That, you know, that fairly recent, the big event pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, what is Why? That? That's really weird, because everything's like, you know, Hogan from 88. It's yeah. all like There's fairly... some Trump Plaza stuff in yeah. there, which feels a little dated even at this point. But, it does, but it's know, new it, enough. It's newer, yes. Yeah. Not, the, not 1986. <laughs> right. Uh, the beginning of the announcer's intro is cut off, Quinn, but we know that it's Ian Mooney, not Sean. Right. Because the hair is coming back and he's got that tan jacket he's on. He's got that weird little gray spot, which is like clearly fake. <laughs> His hair is so evil. <laughs> like, I just don't. He's got like Mr. Sheffield hair. It's really bad hair. Right. Now, folks, this is real. When we interviewed Sean Mooney a long time ago, we asked him like, so what was the difference? And he was like. Quinn asked about the hair, and the yeah. other thing is they made him wear, like, different jackets. Right. Like, That's it. Creepier jackets, and literally, the hair, if you notice... <laughs> it's, he, it's like, comb the other way. It's <laughs> real, like, folks! I, it's just the opposite direction of the regular Sean Because you see Sean in the show, and it's combed forward. Right, but it's for amazing. Ian, it's, like, fluffed back. Yeah, it's just, you know... <laughs> it's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but who's with him? It's Queen Sherry, and she's got that, uh, yeah. the generic, like, king throne that they've kept for years. They use it for so many things. <laughs> I swear the new, like, Baron Corbin yeah, no, King, it's like, real. it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> it's, like, the, it's the same chair. The red throne with the gold around it. I you heard know? it broke on Raw recently. Did it really? Yeah, like, actually broke. That's actually funny. I wonder funny. if that's the original chair or not. 
Could you imagine if it's it just like out of use? Fine, <laughs> someone sits on it, it literally falls apart. broke on his ass. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> now this set, if you want to call it that, quote unquote, is literally one of the laziest things ever. It's just the corner of the studio, and they have the logo in there. Yeah, <laughs> and Mooney's on like a swivel chair. It looks horrible. Well, I think okay, so I think that's actually part of the humor because you know how Sean was saying they used to like go in the closet to get stuff for this. Yes, crap? yes. This seems like a Sean joke. I'm going like, to roll over here. Huh? No, well, he got a swivel chair because he's like, oh, it's going to look so pitiful next to the throne. throne right. So yeah, maybe. Like, instead of getting like the normal chair, director chairs, whatever, yeah, whatever they use. They use. Yeah, I don't even remember. Like, he gets like a shitty like office <laughs> swivel chair. Like the thirty nine ninety nine one from right. Walmart. You know, yeah, that office one. Max or whatever. <laughs> office Max. As uh, Ian here explains, uh, we're going to see Demolition defend against the Colossal Connection later. Mm-hmm. Sherry just angrily butts in to say, she's like, everybody already knows Demolition lost. Thanks. <laughs> because it aired, uh, you know, on December 30th. Yeah. It's really, now, she's she's funny. acting like Muppet Babies, Miss Piggy. Like, and it's like, <laughs> Kind of hilarious. Action smash of demolition. They will defend the belts. Now you know we already told everybody that Andre and Haku was going to win that match. (laughs) She's like, let me tell you, nobody cares about that. (laughs) Give me my cookies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's so, like, just like a little girl. She is, yeah. it's, it's, It's like really over the top she's great at that though yeah. isn't she at that character yeah she then yells about how she wants to just talk about macho king sequin she doesn't even want to wait right. for when's the macho man she's like when's the macho man yeah she, she's got two things she's like the bossy girl on the blacktop and she's obsessed with this oh man. god she like, will not like, shut up like about these him two things and then they switch like back and forth <laughs> yeah, all the time it's true uh and sherry's also by this point already we're like 90 seconds in she has had enough of ian mooney and she wants him to shut up for the rest of the show good i've had it with you ian mooney once and for all i want you to sit there for the rest of the show and i want you to shut up i'm gonna put my fist right through your teeth but i just want nothing let's cut to the bushwhackers entering on a wrestling challenge where gorilla and tony shivani are on the call i wonder if they'll win with the battering ram by the way i wonder like like last couple weeks i wondered the same thing though i'm serious convinced that they had to end with the battering ram like before the match even started just because you know his lordship how he gets us these tapes yes right (laughs) like he was just screwing with you let's find out folks i get happy quinn in my old age seeing the bushwhackers but apparently you weren't in the mood i don't they were so intolerable here gorilla calls them wacky oh they're wacky yeah like that's and to me like the rest of the match i swear gorilla's like god like why like but he's doing it as oh there they are like you know like the yeah. like nonchalant throwaway yeah. lines gorilla just doesn't give a shit half paying attention yeah. probably like eating a hot dog or something and he's talking to tony about something else <laughs> the whole time like just nudging him and stuff yeah. look at that over there give me a break yeah uh their opponents weren't even introduced or it was cut off so whatever a very new mike kyoto is the referee by the way, Gorilla and Tony, who's even color on this? Like, honestly. <laughs> I wondered that, too, because as I've always mentioned, when you got two play-by-play guys, the instinct is that they both do it. Right. Gorilla's technically the color man here. Which is weird because it's his show. Well, they've been doing a lot of the stomping, a lot of the squashing themselves, haven't they? They certainly have. Like, Tony I just know. came in. Yeah, I guess they're just trying to groom Tony now, here, to leave in a few months. You know what's also really funny about this? Like, while this is going on... I kept thinking about how, like, remember when Tony first came along, like, a year prior? Yeah. Gorilla's, like, the big Tony defender. <laughs> He's great, Brain. Yeah, like, it's like Tony Baloney, Shivoni, whatever he call- <laughs> whatever his name is. And then Gorilla's like, hey, you stop! Tony Shivani is a good announcer! Like, he would, like, go on and on about... You snuck him What's wrong reason? with Tony Shivani? He isn't welcome. 
By whom? By He's you? He's not capable to be in the same announcing He's booth as me. He's one of the premier play-by-play -play men in all of professional wrestling. Admit I don't it. like him. I don't like him. Just be... I don't like him. So that means the guy's out. You I don't hate like him. him. How's that? I hate him. I can't stand oh, him. Well, well, well obviously you have to see a lot more He's of him. He's a creep. Then. He's a geek. We'll have to see a whole lot more of him. Then. I don't like you either. How do you well, like that? Uh, the Whackers do some head rubbing to start. You know, their usual. Yep, they act stupid for a few minutes or whatever. <laughs> Insert promo, Quinn, from the Bolsheviks. And they're absolutely incomprehensible in a box. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what they're... I'm serious. Like, I didn't even write it down because I literally couldn't tell you what they said. I heard one highlight. It's Nikolai calling them ugly. <laughs> You're ugly! Yeah, that slipped in there. I don't know. Bushwhackers, you are ugly! You are more disgusting TV professional wrestling! Uh, Butch kicks Massa start and then tags on Lucas. Gorilla hypes up the Royal Rumble match against the Rujos, which is actually a fun little match. Luke is wearing his bushwhacker hat for the no whole reason. She won't take it off. <laughs> it's like, like all sideways. There's a match here. At least it helped me tell the difference between the two, since I never can. He didn't care, though. Yeah. He's just like, a Nobody they, cares. They don't care either, the, the yeah. The announcers didn't care. The wrestlers didn't care. What the yeah. fuck is this match? <laughs> but Butch backing with a bunch of stomps. Fast tag back to Luke Irish with back elbow. Gorilla wants you to know that anyone in a singles or a tag match at the Royal Rumble isn't actually in the Royal Rumble match, so they can't just go pick a number. And you'll notice he's talking about the Rumble because this sucks. Yeah, it's like, true. It's like, he's like, oh, you know, there's other things happening, Tony. Yeah. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, you're right, Gorilla. Yeah. Uh, battering Ram and then a double stomach breaker. Mm-hmm. And it's over. Uh, see, Joe, the battering ram is a sub move. I always said that. I know. <sighs> it's one of those. It's probably one of those like people's elbow situations where it's like <laughs> it finished people sometimes, but yeah. not most of the That's time. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, that was happy to me. Crowd here is really into it as the whackers are licking each other or whatever it is. Cool. All right, let's head over to a special report from the WWF magazine. Remember, they barely even tried. Just like, okay, here's a bushwhacker cut. Yeah, <laughs> like hard cut. Enough of this. <laughs> yeah. That's because they don't have the inserts in between of like Sherry and Ian blabbing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they really don't. There's not a lot of that no, on the show. No, there's huh? not. No. Yeah. But anyway, it's Lord Alfred here in the control room with his red valet jacket. <laughs> he hypes up the big Royal Rumble card, which features Jim Duggan versus the Big Boss Man. Was a man, yep. Brutus Buffcake the versus, package. yep. Brutus Package versus the Genius. And then we get, of course, a promo from the genius who does his usual poem with the usual meter. I like baseball. I like Jeter. Right. And prancing. Don't forget the prancing. <laughs> yeah. Very prancy. Brothers Beverly. Beefcake <laughs> now with very odd hair. And he has a poem of his own. All the Keeks horses and all the Keeks men, they couldn't put the genius's hair back on his head again. Between this and WrestleMania 4, he also liked the poetry, huh? What the yeah, heck with him? Yeah, but he didn't put, like, he didn't have the prose or whatever no. he said. Like, he just kind of just said his poetry. <laughs> just said his shit. Yeah. He was a very beat poet. Yeah. Uh, we'll also have the uh, submission match with Greg Valentine versus Ron Garvin, which I think is actually really good. I can't wait until we get to Isn't that, that in the really review. Long, I remember. <laughs> it's really long? It's like 16 minutes or and something. It's just about the stupid, like, they got those braces on or whatever. Don't ruin it for me, man. <laughs> it's a good match. It's real, though. It's, it's a good match. Hands of trash. Okay. Hey, Brother Love, of course, is also going to have Sapphire and Sherry. We all know how big that scene was. No, I like that. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Sherry says, yeah, fat. Like, she just, like, makes She's fun so of her mean. the whole time. She's but then, like, Brother Love gets involved, remember? Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> Sister Queen Sensational Sherry. 
They look savage and dusty. It's just like a mess. The lighting is all red. It's the setup, the whole like six month fucking setup for this Macho Man versus Dusty feud that yep. ends in fucking Sherry dressed like a cat and Macho Man just like winning easily. <laughs> in two minutes yeah. because of Sapphire's coat or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, Gwen, as we mentioned, the Rougeos take on the Bushwhackers. We get a promo now from the Whackers where they yell and they whack. They act all annoying like the construction version okay. of the Bushwhackers. Can you explain that? I forgot well, what you meant. Okay, so remember that? I think it's on Smack 'em Whack 'em. What's the one oh, where the Bushwhackers yeah. do construction with, with Lord Alfred. Hayes? See, that's the one. The way they talk in this is very similar. It's like, oh, Lord Hayes. Like, they're kind of talking like normal, but they're not like all at the same time. And it's like a very distinctive like way the Bushwhackers act like when they're like, trying to convey a message. Oh, how are you doing that, Lord? Yeah, it's like, why can I understand what they're saying? This is weird. It's why like, don't we put in a line switch? Yeah, it's like someone installed the universal translator in your ear for, like, only a second. And you're like, oh, this is so weird. They can speak. And the thunder from that yeah. uh, The Rougeos, who are wearing capes, sing Take Me Home Country Roads. It was amazing. Country Roads, take you home to the place you belong in New Zealand. <laughs> I don't even know what that joke is. It's, but, just, okay. it's a it's, John it's Denver song yeah. or something. It's just really weird. It's really weird. Jacques also had a beard. Uh, we cut to Lord Alfred for his uh, reaction, which is, hmm. <laughs> now that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You got to dump that. It. Right. It's, very, like, it's just so random. Out of like, character for him, yeah, too, right? Like, hmm. 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 And now we cut to ringside where... Dino Bravo uh, was entering because, of course, Dino Bravo was entering. Like, I swear, whoever picks these episodes out for us, it's like they just, uh, it's just they gotta insert Dino Bravo. At least we know how you hate the Honky Tonk Man, but people are, you know, a little more understanding with you. They just yeah, it's true. fucking throw Dino Bravo at you me get, every week. <laughs> you get a lot of him. Somehow, uh, like, if it was possible, I'd somehow get Dino Bravo in, like, 1995. Yeah, too bad he cigarettes and all yeah. that, you know. Uh, he's accompanied, though, Quinn, not only by Jimmy Hart, but also the Canadian Earthquake as well. Of course. It is the Earthquake support version of Dino. <laughs> Your least favorite, yeah, right? The one where it's like he just never wins on his own, <laughs> ever. This is from Superstars, by the way, so we have Vince and Jesse on the call. Jesse is already talking about how great Bravo is in the gym and all that shit. He looks like a fucking beaver. Like he's already morphing into that WrestleMania 7 version. Yeah, with the weird hair and face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bravo's opponent is uh, Reno Riggins as the crowd chants USA. Now, Reno has very happy underpants on. Like, <laughs> what do you mean by happy? Because they're just like rainbow, but they're the underpants kind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like very jolly. <laughs> they're very, very pleasant. <laughs> they're just nice. Uh, Earl Durrell is the ref here. Riggins with some hot counters, but Bravo nails a clothesline. Insert promo from the warrior who uh, bitches about being attacked by Bravo in Earthquake and something with Bravo's skin burning. Yeah, moving on. Back play and an elbow by Bravo. They add sweetened booze over the real ones for whatever reason. Like, it wasn't even necessary. It's like, people are just like, this sucks. Like, like literally, like, you hear them cut over the other, the original booze. Yeah, the original booze, right. And you're just like, why did they even insert them? Like, there wasn't even a point. Like, Dino Bravo is hated on his own. He doesn't need help helping booze. Yeah, he doesn't need helping booze. Yeah. Uh, we could use some helping booze right now to get mm-hmm. through this match yeah, here. seriously. It's so long. It is. Side slam by Bravo, his shitty, stupid finisher. And then he hits another one. 
but he decides to pull up Reno Reigns at two, and then he hits another side slam, but Bravo pulls him up again. I mm-hmm. bet, Quinn, you were just loving that right about now. Uh, yeah, it's really... <laughs> Bravo yells at Hebner for no reason. And even Hebner's like, end this! Nobody cares! Like, he yells in his face, like, end it. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Enough! End yeah, it's it! It's like, didn't they tell you you only got five minutes or something? Like, like seriously, he's, like, just hogging up time. How does he end up with the longest shit, like, every time we watch something? You ever notice this? He always is just like hogging up time on the on the show. <laughs> he's, he's so good at it. Just go away! <laughs> Another side slam, and Bravo again pulls up Reigns. Please stop! It's like the fourth time it by this point. Four. It works in threes, you idiot. He doesn't even know how that works. No, apparently not. Uh, Bravo stomps away. So the warrior just runs in to kick his ass out of Good! nowhere. <laughs> Bravo is way too big for his britches here. Enough with this dork. Even the warrior's like, I'm not waiting for this. Like, this sucks. This is why I think Dino Bravo might be to you what Honky Tonk is to me. He's ah. a heel, and you don't like the heel. It works. I don't like him, but I feel like the reasons are different. <laughs> no, Like, because I'm genuinely not. bored. No. Like, with Honky, at least no. you're entertained. No, I'm not. I hate him. <laughs> he annoys me. But uh, anyway, I find it funny. Quinn, that Bravo only won the match by DQ. Yeah, they couldn't even let him just get the pin before this. <laughs> right, they should have wasted all that time. Right. Kept picking him up like an idiot. <laughs> and then Earthquake uh, jumps up and down to distract Warrior. He jumps up like a fat kid too. It's, it's like awesome. very like sloppy. Yeah, yeah. he jumps. Oh, jump! Yeah. So Bravo nails Warrior with a chair a few times. Okay, I didn't expect that. Maybe Reno Reigns should get up and make the save. Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> he's just like, laying he's not there. that out of it. Like, you can't like help him for two seconds. He's like watching from. The- he's like, you know what? I'm not going to get. I'm not dealing with this. this. I'm, just, I'm not going to take a powder here. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jimmy Hart happily waves the uh, flag around while Earthquake makes faces a warrior. This is all way too long. To, it's like a third of the show. Like, it's like so long. <laughs> it is. It's a long angle from this, yeah. It's the only thing that's long, too, which is incredible. It's true. Like, it's everything so else, long. Everything and else. it's the most, like, nobody gives a shit angle. The warrior's not even going to be feuding with him. Yeah, like, like, who like, cares about this feud? Yeah, it's like it's a waste of time. Yeah, good point. Like, warrior's moving on to much better things. I, like, soon. Like, Very the soon. Rumble's coming out. Yeah. Like, it, this is like just a time filler at this yeah. point. We go now to Sean Mooney, who has the combed forward hair, the blue jacket. You know, wow. Yeah. Wow, both Sean and Ian in the same show, huh? Magic. Uh, wow. But they're different. They're not the same person, see? No. Hair. Floppy. Yep. Fluffy. Floppy I, I down. I get it. Sean, floppy. We need a side-by-side on the boards. Yeah, we do. Um, who would be good? Merkel? Merkel. Got it. <laughs> he always got it. Wait, no, like but that. he needs to have the, the tape. So the thing with Merkel... Richie, is that Merkel, I think, he listens, he lives on the West Coast, I think, so he gets to yes. listen to us before everyone. It's not like well, midnight for him. Yeah, I mean, it's the same time that it comes out, but it's earlier yeah. for him, yeah. West Coast fans, you get the advantage. You get it at 9 o'clock. Yeah, it's like, you could actually listen to it before you go to bed. It could be, yeah. like, it could be like watching HBO for you. I hope it is, actually. Because yeah. we've always said, you know, there's Netflix and chill, we do headphones in bed. Here on OVP. Oh, yeah. Headphones and bed. Well, on Sundays, I watch HBO also. What do you think of the notion, though, of people listening to your voice while they're laying in bed with headphones on? Mm, I don't mind it. It's entertainment, right? If it's 9 o'clock, if it was like midnight, I'd feel a little <laughs> weird. But, All right. Yeah. Sean Mooney here wishes us a happy new year, everyone, and says a good resolution is to watch more WWF in person. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Stop. Just <laughs> enough. <laughs> Including the uh, January 27th show at the Capitol Center. Century. Century. Whatever that is. That's how it's spelled. Why? But it's in... It's English spelling. I don't know why. I I don't know what to tell you. It's just odd. (laughs) Tito Santana versus the Genius. Mm -hmm. 
which is a weird match, by the way. It's the, also no one gives a shit. It's yeah. like the opener. <laughs> the Rockers versus the Powers of Pain, that's probably good. Yeah. Hacksaw versus DBOS. Look at that, Quinn. I can guarantee that ends in some kind of schmoz at the end. Oh, of course. Like, no doubt about it, because tux- both those guys never lose. <laughs> the Tuxedo friends. Yeah. yeah, neither of them lose. That's definitely not a clean finish. And Savage versus Jake, that's pretty cool. And that will end with Jake chasing Sherry off with a snake. You're probably exactly right. That, <laughs> it's very house show, or right? Somehow her clothes come off because that's like Sherry yeah. does that sometimes. Maybe not with shows. Jake though, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's something with a snake. Yeah, and uh, the main event is going to be. I've seen some of these matches: Hogan versus Perfect, which they, those are good matches. Those two had. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, That'll end with a solid Hulk Hogan win. Yeah, and then they'll act like Perfect is undefeated still. Right. Until- <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> right. Um, then we get a promo from Mister Perfect with the genius. He mentions how he broke Hulk Hogan's belt. You remember that famous mm-hmm. angle? And everyone's all upset. And Perfect says Hulkamania is going to crumble like the yeah. pieces of his belt. Now, I think of it more that he didn't break Hogan's belt as much as he made the hardcore belt. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. He made a new thing. He's a pioneer. Pioneer. The, the perfect belt. The perfect belt. Yeah, Perfect says he's going to win against Hulk Hogan, Quinn. I don't right. think yeah. that's not He's going to win whether he wants to or not. He's not. He's going to lose. Yeah. Uh, Tito Santana now cuts a promo about how the genius is an asshole. And I have to mention... There's a sombrero in Tito's green yes. screen logo. Which I I've- noticed this, too. It was, like, very bold <laughs> yeah. in the background. And Tito's basically like, all your poems are stupid. Arriba. Fuck the genius. Arriba. That's, <laughs> like, what it is. Yeah. He's like, you suck. Fuck yeah. you. We'll go teach math now. <laughs> the poems, genius. Arriba. Uh, now, from Superstars last week, Dusty Rhodes is on the platform with a nightstick. What He's- was with this nightstick thing? Because he held, like, all of 89, he had this fucking nightstick, <laughs> and then he- it just, like, disappeared. <laughs> I was always, I know he was feeding with the boss, yeah, man, but, like, some, but why? August? Like- yeah, this nightstick forever. <laughs> I know! Um, and he introduces Sapphire as his new manager. Wait, new? I thought that was much earlier than December of 89, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was, like, at least in September. Right? Sometime around then. Really weird. Uh, but Jesse's like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, they don't go as far... Well, I thought this was very interesting, is that he immediately doesn't say she's fat like he would later, where he would just be, like, slim oh, yeah. fast, and they don't at weigh six, that much yeah. and all this. At but, six. like, for the whole year, he was like that shit. Like, oh, he yeah. would make fun of how fat she was. Like, so mean. He was very mean. Yeah, that, like, honestly, like, it was... It was it, like, it was A so, nice lady. It was so often that it was bordering on, like, okay, man cool it with the fat he's jokes. a heel like yeah but he's a heel i mean I, it makes I sense know. yeah nice lady from what i understand yeah juanita right i believe her name was uh, i love though quinn people talk about how vince is you know vindictive and spiteful and mm-hmm. i still don't know the real truth of why he put him in polka dots and did all this vince i'm saying right i don't know because there's so many different stories but until vince himself says it we're really not gonna know to be honest with you i look back at this whole dusty versus macho program for most of 1990 and I have to say, it's kind of one of the best things of the year, and it's like treated prominently. It's like headlining it's like third tier, headlining a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. at like even house shows. Yeah. Not only that, the premier thing on like most of their Coliseum releases of '90. I'm not joking. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. There's stuff. something involving Dusty Roads. Yep. Macho Man, Sapphire, Sherry. Sherry. Sometimes Elizabeth's involved. Sometimes Brother Love is involved. So, yeah. yeah. This is like this feud like engulfs like a lot of shit like over a year. And I'll tell you what, Dusty got everything he did in WWF over. Yeah, and on top of it, I want to say this Mm -hmm. is all the crowds were super into this whole saga. Yes. Like if you look back, they're like absorbed in it. The character work. Yeah. Dusty, Savage, and Sherry. Oh my god, they get so mad. I I remember that that one beatdown where Savage beats the shit out of Dusty Rhodes, and then like Sherry does like a fire and chic 
camel clutch to sapphire in the middle of the ring. <laughs> right, yeah. He, like, makes her kiss his foot, and, like, the crowd is so mad. I'm just saying, they do so much good work in this feud. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. great work. Yeah. It really is. And I love that Dusty got it all over. Right. He did. He just worked his ass off, and he's just very good. Yep. An all-timer. Uh, back to challenge now. Challenge! Where Mike McGurk introduces Alan Martin, who's wearing a very dubious-looking vest. Very pasty, yeah. this man. Very doughy. Uh, yeah. His opponent, Quinn, is uh, the model Rick Martell, who's managed by Slick. Still? Another like one of those. December? Like, what? I yeah. thought Slick was long <laughs> right. since gone from him. I thought that was like August? I think moving on September? to W-Wand and all that yeah, soon. Very soon. Well, yeah. that's when uh, Bobby <laughs> spent a lot of money. Right. But Warlord, <laughs> spent a lot of money. You know what I always thought was weird about that is like Warlord doesn't make it to WrestleMania 6, but... He makes it to SummerSlam. But Barbarian gets to. Barbarian just, does WrestleMania and Warlord does uh, SummerSlam. Oh, is Barbarian not on... Is that the deal? Yeah. Is that they don't put them on the same damn show? Yeah. Why didn't they just feud them? Like, why didn't one of them turn face? I don't know. Probably the climate. They probably didn't need a face at the time. Yeah, they had I don't know. Faces. It would have been a nice mid-card feud, is all I'm saying. I suppose. Uh, Martell has his very good WrestleMania 6 gear, the powder oh, blue. He's, he's getting ready. Those <laughs> Arrogance commercials. Yep. I think after he loses Slick, like right after the Arrogance commercials appear, that's like very early 90. Early 90, yeah. Yeah, like January or something. His hair is getting there, too, with the perm quin, of course. Yep. And uh, don't forget the really good music. Oh, yeah. Now, I have... I have to say something, and maybe, I don't know if other people on the internet have noticed this before, but it always annoyed me that the clean version of this song very notably has an AOL instant messenger door closing noise, like, in the middle. Look up any version of this song, yeah, like, on YouTube, and that fucking AOL sound is there, like, it's, like, right at the, like, climax, like, the best fucking part of the song, too. It's so infuriating why is there no <laughs> other version of this like, i think there is isn't there now didn't wwf release their own official WWF version finally yeah i think do they it. did but the problem is is on youtube it's still like it's just littered with that like aol noise like it, one. all the youtube ones are yeah are you sure oh yeah because I, w- I was listening to one recently <laughs> like, what do you mean you were listening to one I recently like the theme. sometimes i sometimes i have like a playlist of wf themes <laughs> yeah all right. to, it's like around like a minute or so. Well, this so. is the official one. This I think this one will be good. But anyway, here, um, Tony has a great line to uh, Gorilla, which is, do you like that look with the sweater tied around your neck? And Gorilla's like, not really. It looks kind of wimpy to me. It does seem like Gorilla <laughs> would hate him. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, well, I was not surprised by that comment. It's pretty funny. Uh, I'm positive also that they use this clip of Martel posing for the camera in the intro to something. I remember it. Hey, he's in top shape. I must say, this is a, yeah. good, this is a good time to pick a, like, put this in the open. Oh, yeah. Early 90 Martell is amazing. He looks, truthfully. again, like, he looks almost like a cartoon character. In a good way. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I think the music, this is, like, near the part. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, cartwheel by Martell, and then Slick jumps to give him a high five, which is funny. By the way, we had had a insert promo here from Martell, where he calls out Beefcake, who he was feuding on the uh, house show loop, and uh, Gorilla starts talking Quinn about how Slick wants gold. Yeah, what? What? Like, Slick is like nobody. He's so junky. Like, he's nowhere near any belts. No, what was the last re- a year earlier when oh, he had the, the towers? The twin towers, yeah. That was it. That was almost yeah, a no, year no. ago at this point. Yep. This music is so distracting. <laughs> it's so I'm just going to say it on the air. Because I'm waiting for the AOL noise the whole time. Mm-hmm. And this probably isn't the version. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, Martel with a drop kick to the kisser, a hip toss, and a body slam. These are all moves you can do on Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo. Girl calls the referee, Quinn, uh, Mike Kyoto. Yeah, which Kyoto. Like, like he's 
Is that like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Japanese? Yeah, Japanese or something? I think he always called him that. I don't think he knew his name. Uh, Anyway, Irish Whip, back body drop in a Boston Crab by Martell, gets the rather quick win. Nice squash, no bullshit. I'm fine with it. Nothing wrong with that at all. It was actually okay. Nothing too long. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I am the model, and I win. And And I'm going to beat you. Look at my drop kick and shoelaces and all this. (laughs) Look at Slick. Uh, Slick and Martell make sense together, Quinn. But I guess it wasn't necessary, this whole pairing, because Martell's promos are great. Well, in that, like, he he's, like, slick. Canadian kind of way. Like, yeah, but it works. Canadian, it like, works. It's like you hate him so much. It works because Slick is not, they're not even close to the same thing. They got the same. Uh, they like style. They like style. Different kinds of style, but yeah, they like Slick it. Slick has his own style. Model has his own. I don't right. know. I never liked the pairing. It makes sense because they both like style, but anyway. Back to Mooney to hype the uh, January 27th Capital Center How show. How many times? A lot. Like, do they have any other shows? Is this the only no. place they're going? It's the only one. <laughs> well, it's because it's syndicated. That, the, isn't that so weird? Usually, usually they're like, mean? we're going to be in 50 fucking places and there's going to be this match here and that match there. Like, they're always like at least three of them. Well, they do it for the syndicated and market. they show the airplane going across. You know what I'm talking <laughs> that's about. On, that's on Superstars, though. <laughs> anyway, promo from DiBiase now. Where he says Duggan is a dipshit for carrying the 2x4, and uh, he's a stumbling, bumbling buffoon that's cross-eyed and can't find his way to I the like ring. I this promo. Yeah. Yeah. And DiBiase has an awesome line. He's like, look at me. Pure capitalism. <laughs> that's a <laughs> good line. in the 80s can you get away with really? that. Really? Pure capitalism from head to toe. Uh, rockers now cut their usual, oh my god, it's a hangover yeah. promo, you know, Why? that thing. Marty... There was an air of drugs. Oh, it's Sean, it. like, too, though. Yeah. I mean, both of them. I know, but for Sean, it's kind of like you're un- you're understanding, like, oh, he's in his, like, party boy phase, right? Because you know yeah. eventually he gets more concise promos, but here it's just, it's, like, so annoying. It's very hangover, yeah. all of their promos, and his hair looks like Barbie. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what they were saying, Quinn, and I don't think they do either, honestly. Said, fuck Fuji will win. And that's all it is. Yeah. Uh, Something about embarrassing Mr. Fuji they keep talking about. Yeah, I don't about. know what they're referring to. They, they, they pull keep, his pants down? Yeah, they keep referring... National television! <laughs> like, you know, like, they yeah. keep fucking saying what it. What do they do to but him? But they never show you it or tell no. you what happened. What do they do to Fuji? Like, they embarrassed him. They, period. That's, like, it. That's the, the only details we have. Maybe they took his engine out of his car or whatever he used to do to people, <laughs> his put, ribs. They put fucking sugar in his gas tank. <laughs> Put sugar in his hat. Put yeah. sugar in his salt bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> of, it was sweet instead of salty. Got a lot of flies swarming yeah. him. Cut to Jacques Rougeau beating up Bret Hart outside the ring from what looks like a primetime exclusive with Tony and Alfred on the call. And it's the Hearts versus the Rougeaus for the record. What is this, a real match? Yeah. Like, what? This is challenge or spotlight or whatever yeah, it is. It's spotlight. not whatever this show is. It's not even a good thing. No, this this is too good for this show. Yeah, really. Back in, Ray is the legal man and rides a front face lock on Brett. <laughs> also, for the record, Ray with a proud <laughs> mullet. It's like very, mo- this is the most stylish Ray ever looked in his life. I didn't want to cut the back party like, in, the, in the back business in the front. After this, he's fucking major dad for the rest of his career. <laughs> major dad! Like, seriously, remember that fucking show? Yeah, that was not a very good show. Yes. That's a scene level show if there ever were yeah, one. Yeah, it came on before something. I don't know why I watched it because I remember the opening a Murphy lot. Brown? Maybe. Yeah, Murphy Brown was pretty popular when that show was on. Quinn, the, uh, you notice the canned booing on this match was particularly horrible? <laughs> I mean, so, you know what, by this point in the show, Joe, the canned on everything it's is awful. like, I, this just like merged in. Like, yeah. I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you that this was worse than the last. It's bad. Like, why were they so like egregious with it? Like I don't know. somebody got like really out of hand in the production yeah. booth. They're like, let me turn the volume fucking up. Yeah. It's like if you put it over us right now and you just like just really cranked it. 
So I'm sitting here watching this, and I'm like, I bet you this match is from October. So I find out it was taped uh, November 21st. Close. Well, it's late November, Late right? November. Yeah. And it aired on the December 18th primetime, and it's okay. from Fort Wayne, Indiana, if you well, care. Almost a month later, though. Yeah, almost. Uh, literally nothing happening in the ring. It's supposed to be a heat segment, but the fake booing is making it <laughs> annoying. That's the yeah, whole thing. The it's, fake boos are, are it's intolerable. Just, they are. Like, like, yeah, at this point, I start to notice it, and it's like, come on. Bad. Man. I even noted it. <laughs> Brett tries to make the tag here, uh, but Jacques has the distraction, so it's a false tag. However, Jacques then collides with Ray, and now we get a legal tag. Nightheart c- comes in, cleans house. Jacques trips Anvil's leg, though, and Ray gets a Boston Crab. Knee drop by uh, Jacques while Anvil is in the Crab, but Brett makes the save. Jimmy now throws the megaphone to Ray, but while he attempts to sneak up on Brett, Anvil nails a roll-up for the win. Great, weird, it great was a weird ending, ending though, yeah. too, because it's like... Very chaotic. It's just I, I just thought it was funny that he just finished him with like a cheap roll-up yeah, after roll-up. Like, the big megaphone hype. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like... Like, it's and, like, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. And I bet the full match was probably good because you can see the real crowd yeah. get very excited for the win. Like physically, sure it was longer too, and there was more oh, build yeah. up. I'm sure so it was like gave 15. Us the last like, five minutes. Yeah, it looked good for what I saw. Yeah. Back to Sherry and Ian finally here. And yeah, do they work here? Like, <laughs> Sherry just sits on that fucking throne and doesn't even say anything. Yeah. As soon as he tries to talk, she tells him to shut up. His combed back hair, Quinn, is very aggravating at this point. <laughs> it's I was really say. insane. What's wrong with this to me is that I think of Ian Mooney as a heel, yeah, but, but he's, he's not. not here because Sherry's like sucking up all the heel oxygen yeah. in the room. He's not a heel. He's yeah. just Sean Mooney with a bad coat. And- Sherry's just all Miss Piggy the whole <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> oh, Carmen. Yeah. Sherry hypes up the Royal Rumble while Mooney holds up a handwritten sign that says Saturday, January 21st. <laughs> Yeah, and then he holds up one that says, call your local cable system. And then Sherry notices, so he holds up a sign that says, uh-oh. That was funny. Very I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah. That, that's, you, know you know he thought that up, too. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it has to be him, that's right? A, that's a Sean Mooney special right there. There's that's no almost one... like a, a fucking Todd joke. Yeah, Todd before Todd, right? Yeah. There's no one there directing this. Like, clearly no one's producing <laughs> oh, nobody this. Nobody cares. They're they're doing their own shit. Somebody's just, like, like timing the kid to saying you're on. Yeah. That's, like, the most direction they have. There's one cameraman, yeah. you know, and a sound guy. Uh, we go to Mean Gene on the platform from wherever uh, with Randy Savage and Sherry. Nice grand entrance here. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, Quinn, 1990 is the year uh, where the short tights for Savage were abandoned and now, it was pants forever. Very to upsetting. To be fair, though, the first year of the long pants, he didn't wear a shirt, so I was okay with it. Yeah, for most of 90, there's no shirt. It's once the shiny shirt got involved, then I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, I don't like the shiny yeah. shirt. Yeah, it was like, it's okay because he had, like, fancy pants, right? Right, like, right. He, like, literally, he had fancy <laughs> pants. Like, <laughs> like and yes. it was like, okay, this is a, a fun, like, addition, right. right? And then it got like, oh, now he's going to wear a shirt. And yeah. you're like, Okay, man. A little like, too much clothes. A, a little, are you a wrestler or are you a fashion model? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> we already here? have one of those yeah. here. Uh, as Gene talks, Savage pantomimes hitting Gene with his scepter. Savage says everyone in the WBF is jealous because nobody can beat him. And he says he's suited for the Royal Rumble because he's royalty and majestic. Yeah, yeah. But he never understands the rules. So like, <laughs> this is the one case. Like, I'm usually like Mr. Randy Savage. But when it comes to the Royal Rumble, even I, as a supporter of Randy Savage, will admit He's he terrible. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in the Royal Every Royal Rumble, he somehow like does something wrong that he, doesn't make any yep. sense. He doesn't get to the ring. Yeah, he eliminates himself. He goes for a pin. It's... He'll walk back in after he eliminates <laughs> yeah. himself, and like nobody will care. Yeah, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, but like not in the kind of like heel way. He'll walk back in. He'll just walk back in because he, <laughs> he wanders that in. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> like if he eliminates himself. 
then it's fine for some reason. <laughs> He's just bad at them. Yeah. It's very sad. This is like his kryptonite. It's the Royal Rumble. That's Randy Savage thing? is yeah. good at all wrestling except the Royal Rumble. Except the Royal Rumble. Uh, he calls out Hulk Hogan, of course. The Ultimate Warrior, Piper, and even Andre the Giant. Gene then brings up the whole brother love, you know, thing. And so Sherry just goes on this whole tirade. It basically yeah. says, fuck Sapphire. No, I love this as Gene just <laughs> straight up classic, no fucking fucking around. Give me a break! Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna send her way back to Mom's Maybelline land, where she came from to begin with. Uh, please, give me a break. Macho King. And this is the whole, like I was saying before, this yep. is peak Savage and Cherry. Yep. I love it, where they're just, they are just such a cartoon yeah, character. ridiculous. Like, guy and his, like, screwed up girlfriend. <laughs> like, they are just jerks. They're amazing. They're both, like, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They act like they really are, like, royalty. <laughs> yeah, and like, they know they they're actually, not, right. Like, when they leave, there's a palace, <laughs> and they're governing something. They are the king and queen of something. You know what I mean? It's true. It's yeah. re- it's really, really good work. Yeah. And it's just all improvised and all over the top. I love it. Hard cut now to our Royal Rumble report now with Mean Gene in the control room. How many of these are there? Like, I feel like I know about the Royal Rumble and they told me about it like five times. <laughs> I know. Like the whole card five times. Not even just like, they. why do they not pace these things? Like, why did they not allow for one long promo and they just talk about one match and the history of it? And then they give you a bunch of them. Why this, like, we're going to tell you every single match every time to the point where you don't give a shit anymore. I don't know. Just to hammer it home, I guess, so you don't forget. Uh, it's going to be Sunday the 21st at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What is that about? I think so it's early. a great start time well, for to, Sunday. As adults, but as a kid, that would seem like, oh, man, like, yeah. I, I, I don't get to stay up late. Yeah, but what if your parents don't let you? Yeah, but this is the whole point of these things is that you can beg them. This is like the, your excuse. It's like, oh, wrestling's going to be on till 11. I can watch it. Maybe they figure if it starts early, more kids will be able to watch it. I guess. Ah, uh, in the Rumble, we're going to have Ultimate Warrior, Dino Bravo, Honky Tonk Man, Earthquake, Roddy Piper, and then we get a promo from Piper who says something about, I've been rumbling on the streets my whole life Classic, and something but, about uh, yeah. selling my grandma. Absolutely wonderful <laughs> Piper promo, but he also says he wants to be number one because <laughs> yeah. reasons. I want to be number one. That's what? weird. Uh, also, I'll have the Macho King, Dusty Rhodes. Promo out from Dusty. I'm very excited about it. He's yep. very good too. Also, he brings in Sapphire for like one second. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, it, it's like fading. It's yeah. like, and here's Sapphire. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. done with that. It's like, real. She doesn't even get to say hi. Like, <laughs> like seriously, she doesn't even get to dance. No, Nothing. no sashaying. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rude will be there, as well as the new tag team champions, Andre the Giant and Haku, the Heart Foundation, Mr. Perfect. Now, Mr. Perfect cuts a promo. <laughs> Where he says he wants to be number one as well. Why is everyone so stupid? Like, what is this? It's not like it's new anymore, either. There's been, like, at least two. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) What What the fuck are they doing? Uh, But, Quinn, Axe will be in it. Oh, right, yeah. Really important, because... Big figure in the Royal Rumble. He's the only one that can eliminate Andre the Giant. Only him, according to that guy. In in Orlando. Who does that hillbilly lady think's gonna win in this one? I think Roddy Piper's gonna win. No, no, Jake. Jake's the best. Jake's Jake number one. Jake the best. Oh, the lady, the toothed lady? <laughs> With the pink pants. She's very, the, the Newport 100s lady. <laughs> yes, very Virginia Slims. <laughs> uh, not only is her axe, but there's Smash also, Bad News Brown, Akeem, the Widowmaker. Excuse he, me? He didn't Wobbly. make it. He didn't wind up being <laughs> I don't in remember him being in the He wasn't. Uh, Hercules, uh, Rick Martell, The Rockers, Powers of Pain, Superfly, Jimmy Schnooka, Ted DiBiase, Tito Santana, Jake Roberts, Coco Beware, and Hulk Hogan. Honestly, Pretty damn good roster. Yeah, it is pretty it good. It really actually. is. Uh, and then Hogan cuts a promo where he assures us uh, 
He's ready to roll, and he's going to win. Brother, fuck you all. I am high. Hulkamania <laughs> rules. I never lose. I'm good. Well. Like basically, He says all these things. <laughs> but he also he says, says he's high. I'm not joking. He like, also says... That he loves to be number one. Yes, at the end he says he wants. And then at this point, that's the third time. Right? Yes. I'm like, what the fuck is going? Like, how is everybody want to be number one? I don't get it. Like, why do they not understand? And if I recall, is it Hogan in like thirty or something? He's in this like twenty seven or yeah, whatever. He's twenty four. Like really late into it. But for him, see, he says he wants to be number one because as people enter, they're gonna see his muscles and get eliminated. And well, I'm not kidding. I mean, the thing is, he's not joking either. Do you really doubt that? That's like how this this federation works. It's That's like true. you look at his muscles and you, die, <laughs> you fall over, like melt or something. <laughs> Gene also hypes up, of course, the uh, Big Brother Love Show scene that we've talked about. Now, Brother Love cuts a promo <laughs> where I love you, and he just like all he does is say who's going to be on a show. It's like the most pointless thing in the entire world. Now, I will say this: Brother Love is so fucking annoying, but in like the good way. Oh yeah, I feel like you know what. What? I know Bruce now is like a big famous podcaster or whatever he is. Yes. He writes for wrestling or whatever he does. But honestly, like, he was really good as Brother Love, like, in this oh, yeah. 88, 89, 90 period. He's like, a good performer in this general. This is just a very good character. He's and, an all-around, all-time talent in wrestling. And you know what the is. funniest part about it was? When I was a kid and I would see these tapes... I'd be like, what is this shit? Yeah, like, I know. What, like, what? I don't even know what he is. Like, but, I didn't understand it. As an adult, you get it, and you're also like, fuck that guy. Like, yeah. he's like that, the, what do you call it, the telepreachers or whatever. Televangelists. Right? Televangelists. Yeah, and Jimmy like, Swagger and all those, and yeah. Jerry Falwell and all those people. And you're just like, man, he's just so greasy. Baker. Yeah, like, very greasy. That's the whole idea. It's a parody yeah. of those guys. Right, and he's got the green on his fingers yeah. for the fake gold or whatever. Yeah, I'll just do a parody of a preacher of Zymus. I'm the Reverend Billy Saul Harger, so I'll cover strategy and go down to the ground from the end there. I got a hat on the ranch, my favorite chip of cool ranch. That's what he says. Anyway, we see a clip from Superstars where the Colossum connection will win the tag titles from Demolition. We already know that. And now lots of <laughs> oh sweet God, and booze right? like, like over the top. Like, no fan does that. No one's yeah. like <laughs> the whole match. That, that's exactly how they sound, whatever you did on the mic. <laughs> yeah, they make that weird noise that we That's- probably broke seven iPhones just now. <laughs> uh, anyway, did they not realize how bad it sounded? Yeah. <laughs> These, did no one listen back and be like, oh, maybe it's a little overkill, Vince. Maybe their monitors aren't very good. Maybe not. In studio, they need new ones. <laughs> I do have to say, though, I like how they even gave Andre and Hako this run to begin I, with. I find it <laughs> so funny. baffling that this existed, by the way. Just, yeah. And it's just simply there so, like, Demolition can do something. Yeah, that's all it is. Just win the belt. Three Pete. <laughs> Why didn't they just do the Par Foundation thing then? I don't like, know. Uh, as you'd expect, Haku does all the work. Andre finally tags in with some nice choking on X. A few shoulder blocks before he tags back to Haku, who misses a corner charge. Andre dinosaurs his way over to Smash for no reason. He just like looks at him. I have to say, Andre's surprisingly active in this match. He's very like um. He's like the Shawn Michaels when Shawn was with Diesel. He's being yeah. like the Shawn Michaels. Why like, is Andre so like... He's, he's very like, you know distracty. What? It's like he's like, you know what? I'm going to wrestle. Like he does I things. Like, and we know his back is like ultra fucked up at this point. I'm going with Tyler at the WrestleMania. He's like, you know what? I I'm went gonna, tag bound. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to do wrestling. Hogan. Yeah, I'm going to wrestle. Yeah. He just <laughs> decided to do that I'll today. i do it today, yeah. boss. How cool with a series of rights. Andre holds axe for the big karate kick. And then Andre comes in with an elbow and a laid down pin for the win. Fair and square, oddly. Like, not even, like, cheating, nothing. This is one. They just fucking won. (laughs) And, like, even Jess is like, 
Wow, they're just like, even Jess is like, it's like, <laughs> look at that. They, look did, at they that, absolutely man. dominated yeah. them. Like, Demolition got demolished, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, too, Bobby's like utter glee with his new tag champs Which is great. Is weird because this feels very sub for Bobby. Like, the, I don't know, like man. Consolation prize, like tag belts. I love him having a belt, though. It always yeah. makes me happy. Uh, it also felt like the way they did this, it was just like, yeah, Andre, if he just wants the tag, he could just get him. Yeah, just win him if yeah, he feels so, like yeah, it. Because <laughs> he clearly was like motivated in this match. Yeah. He just was like, you know what? I'll okay. whistle. I'm going to hustle today. I'm going to hustle today. Yeah. I make the tassel afterwards. Uh, put you it, go, Bobby. I know you want the belt. I know you want the belt. Uh, put the regular on the checkup. It doesn't fit me. <laughs> you can wear it. Back to Sean Mooney again. Go to the fucking Capitol Center. Just go. Don't even think about doing anything Century else. Job. Just go. Uh, powers of Pain and Fuji cut their usual grunty promo. You know, uh, Safa, Powers of Pain, my Powers yes, of Pain. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, it's horrible. terrible. Uh, Mooney says encounter a few times before throwing to a Jake <laughs> promo. Now, this is great. Yeah. J- Jake's promo here is seriously awesome. Isn't this what I just predicted, too, might yeah. happen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Which is good. He admits he's sometimes sick and cruel, but I wouldn't put Damien on Cherry because that would punish Damien. Sure. <laughs> That's not what's yeah. going to happen at no. the end of that house show. And then he wants to find out what him and Savage can do to each other, and he says it's not about crowns or snakes or scepters or queens. It's just to see who the best man is. No, I'll tell you what I'm interested in, and that's proving the fact and seeing what Macho King and I can do to each other. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's not about crowns or snakes or scepters or queens or anything. It's just to see who the best man is. And I got to say, in 30 fucking seconds, he got this point across better than anyone who has to do like NXT promo class or whatever. Be NXT Fucking promo class. Fucking serious. Because like what do they do in NXT? You know what? I will tell you. And furthermore, it's like horrible. Yeah. What do they do? What is Johnny Ace teaching it? <laughs> to skateboard uh, in. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you got a skateboard. Second, you can get good promos there. Second Johnny Ace reference yeah. of this show. Well, uh, then, anyway. He's the kind of person I associate with yeah. being there, like where he Not doesn't in a good ad- way, but he doesn't advertise he's there. But you know his fingers. You know roll he works there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, promotional consideration is paid for by Crisp Clean Dentine. Double Dragon Two: The Revenge for good, NES. Good game. Double it Dragon is, yeah, two, is two is better good. than one. I yes, thought. no, yeah. it is. Which one's Bimmy and Jimmy? I think that's in two. Actually, it's two, right? Yeah. Why did they mess that? Like, it's such a, like this. That was like a big game for the holidays, and they like fuck the names up. Bit me. <laughs> uh, very odd. Bit me. Tiger and dandruff shampoo. <laughs> yeah, the, and the lady with the fluffy '80s hair wants you to get it. So fluffy. Hi, I don't like Head and Shoulders. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, get Tiger, which you've never heard of, and uh, Johnny the Cat Cat Litter. <laughs> I think Johnny Cat. Johnny I don't know. Cat. It's a thing. Apparently, I I never heard of it before this, but it exists. Back to Sherry and Ian Mooney, uh, who. <laughs> She has his mouth tape shut and his face tied to the chair. That position, by the way, I was like wondering that. As I like, I like how know. did he like not see her do that? Maybe she just held him down by brute force. I mean, yeah, I don't. She is probably she's a than strong him. lady. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Sherry did a lot of taping men to chairs back in her day. Quinn. Oh boy, mm-hmm. she says how great Randy Savage was and how he's going to be at the Rumble. Mooney leans up to try to show one more sign that he has tape to his feet, <laughs> so he's like showing his feet to the camera. Right. But Sherry just pushes him over in his chair. That was funny, and that's how it ends. She laughs for real. What? Ooh. What? You got one more sign? Ooh. Let me help you. Ooh. See you next week on Spotlight. <laughs> and that's it. That was an okay show. Yeah. Nothing offensive. I liked it. It's I mean, what I thought it would be. Uh, too much Dino Bravo, of course, but other than that, it was fine. Yeah. It's an easy, unimportant way to spend an unimportant 45 minutes if you have it, yeah. you know? And I, man, did the Spotlight host, Spotlight host have an easier what? 
to oh God. do a minute in the beginning, a minute in the middle, a minute at the end. Like, you can do a month of these shows in, like, 20 minutes. Surprising that Cherry got the full uh, face makeup for this because there wasn't much to do it. I wonder if the, she just changed outfits real quick because I think they did a ton of shows together, these she's two. She's got that full, like, fucking Ultimate Warrior face makeup <laughs> yeah. on this one. Like, Her extreme makeup. Yeah. You ever notice, like, sometimes when she has, like, the forehead makeup that she's, like, more evil or something? Yeah, well, it's like the demon Finn Balor. Right, but thing, if she you know? doesn't have it, it's, like, the softer Sherry. Like, <laughs> I've always noticed there's, like, if she just has the S on her cheek, that's, like, very, like, not crazy Sherry. She's happy that day. Yeah. Uh, folks, we hope you're happy watching uh, OVP or listening to OVP here yet again as we are closing out another season. That's right. Uh, next week, Quinn, it will be episode number 150 where not we will be... Not 149. Not 149. It'll be episode number 150. We are going to be reviewing something very, very interesting. Of course, we'll be closing out the Royal Flush, the final flush yeah, next very week. dumpy. Very, very dumpy. Uh, but until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet. That's at OVP Podcast. Email us at OVP podcast at gmail.com join the facebook group check out the patreon patreon.com slash ovp podcast and if you want to leave us a review you can do that on apple Podcasts. and if you want a shirt it is teespring.com slash ovp podcast but until next week to close out the season i'm joe morata that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya You know something, Hulkamaniacs? The Royal Rumble is right around the corner, brother. And I just want all my little holsters to know that I'm primed, I'm tuned, and I'm ready. I'm feeling really high about Hulkamania right now. Prove that I'm the lone survivor. Prove that I can take on any number one contender in the WWF. But in the Royal Rumble, they're going to send them out one at a time. 30 guys drawing numbers at random. And the way I feel right now, Hulkamaniacs, I hope I get number one. I'll knock the first guy off when he looks at my arm. He'll face. I'll knock the next two guys off with a double bicep and so on down the line. I'm going to fight for my life for over an hour in there. And when it's all said and done, Hulkamania is going to run wild at the Royal Rumble. Hmm. Hmm.